0: Guys and dolls. Da, 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 da. Is that how it's it goes? Known. Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming at you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. it is a nice one
1: today. Oh yeah, yeah. A little damp in some spots, but you know, it's it's. The sun is We're out. doing it right today. Yeah. yeah, and we got lots of sun coming up too. Yeah, oh
2: forecast
0: yeah.
1: looking really good. All right,
0: now that Which, the weather's out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, Liza? What's going so, on with you?
2: Hey, let's get two introductions in the train room tonight. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, this is Liza. Want to see me spin?
0: <laughs> wow.
2: This is my new thing. I just say the first thing that comes to mind.
0: That could be horrible. Yeah. That could go really, <laughs> That's really That's not a really good idea for you.
2: I don't know. Why don't, why don't you try it, not
0: Oh, no, 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 no.
2: Also in the room tonight, we've got bagel. I like eggs. Is that also a person? first thing? That was the
1: first thing that came to mind. Okay.
2: All right. Let's keep it going. <laughs> On the classy girl couch tonight, <laughs> exotic number one, it's knock.
0: Ass shit, butt. Okay. Dick. First thing that came to my mind. FCC is going to come.
2: That's right. All right, so you know it's coming now. All right. Also, classing up the classy girl couch mm, tonight. That's right. We've got Gabe. Not wearing pants.
3: <laughs> oh, boy, is he not. <laughs>
2: and this is where I get a little worried with this game. <laughs> also in the train room. We've got Jesse. My cell phone's dead. <laughs> And Perfect. you don't you don't have your uh, you don't have your bag of tricks with you. <laughs> no. Oh. I didn't plan on stopping.
1: Oh, passing through.
2: <laughs>
0: Momento, shall we say?
2: Momento. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think uh, for most people, I think spring has sprun, sprung. Sprung, yeah. And uh, bikes are being taken out. I'm seeing a lot of like my Facebook friends in different places posting about, mm-hmm. got my bike all prepped, got it ready to go, realized my reg was out. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff I, like that. My battery's
3: you know, dead. I, I still haven't seen my, every year I, I, I look for my first squid of spring.
2: <laughs>
0: and I
3: have not yet seen my first squid yet. really I haven't. what's 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 the specs on the squid that
0: you're looking it, for specifically? You
3: generally don't see squids in the winter um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's sunny and then there's you see your first squid.
0: yeah. yeah, um. yeah
3: tentacles.
2: <laughs> now you, is this a, a squid like riding or squid a uh, sliding down the road?
3: Not not crashing, but someone okay. Or sometimes, sometimes actually, I was up at Alice's one year, and I was just hanging out by the by the restaurant parking lot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, This guy. Oh, that's the worst place to crash. Well, this guy cruises past Mm. on a sport bike and he's like, he sees me and he like goes, he like makes this weird screaming noise at me as he rides past. (laughs) And I'm like, that was interesting. And he was, you know, like wearing a t shirt. Is he a fan? Flip flops or whatever. No, this is even before I was a famous (laughs) journalist.
4: Whatever.
3: But, uh, and then, my buddy and I get on our bikes and we start riding north on on 35 and then we come around a bunch of turns and then there's the the ambulance and the fire truck and there's the guy. Oh man. And Damn. he was and he was screaming. Oh. Still <laughs> except now because they were like scrubbing gravel out of his wounds. Oh. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. Was his
2: name Henry? I don't
0: know. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh. Shots fired. And he's not here to defend himself.
2: That's his fault. He's running late.
0: That's cold-blooded, man.
2: Ah, uh, you know.
0: Which news <laughs> <snooze you> lose? <laughs>
2: so um, I went out and did a really cool ride yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the fence how much to divulge. On the one hand, <laughs> I want to keep it a secret. Oh, yeah. Seems on the strange. other hand, it was so much fun. I want to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not sure which to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll tell you. Okay, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) 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 Excuse me. So, so Jim and I, we both got these two hundred and fifty plated dirt bikes, Mm -hmm. and we've been trying to do some urban dirt biking. And there's really less and less places, as we mentioned. There's less and less, like um, you know, abandoned properties and stuff. Yep. But um last week Bagel and I uh, mentioned how we talked about how we did this dirt road up in the Santa Cruz mountains. Yep. Yeah. Summit Road. Um, on our not appropriate for dirt bikes. Totally not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Including a Vespa. <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And it made me think, you know, I think there's probably more roads like that. And at first I wanted to go back up and do it again. We had rain forecast on Friday. And uh, we wanted to go dirt biking on Saturday. And the last thing I want to do is go down to Hollister when it's just mud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. thought
2: going to the top of the mountain and riding some of these dirt gravel roads that might be perfect.
0: Yeah. Um there's like graded fire roads, right? I mean mm-hmm. there's something I mean there's like entryways to, to through property where it's kind of like right. hard packed like shitty pavement, I guess.
2: So yeah, we headed up into the mountains and we went looking for this road that we found like on a map sorta and then mm. there like there's like a radio tower and it's like there has to be a way to get to the radio tower, right? Sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and so we headed off, and it was funny. Um, we finally hit the dirt portion, and we're like, "Woo, we're doing it!" It was, it was, um, it went from drizzling to foggy. That was so thick, like what we usually get here in Bay yeah. Area. What
0: time was it in the morning?
2: Uh, it was about eleven thirty. Oh, damn, it was early. And it yeah. was so thick that, um, our shields and our glasses and even the inside of my shield were like fogged and just covered in moisture yeah and then we were riding through a cloud we were riding through a cloud and then Mm -hmm. you had about 20 feet of visibility the rider in front of you at 25 feet would disappear wow and we're on the top of a mountain on these (laughs) roads you don't know what's coming up potholes turns yeah car, whatever. That's like off, off the, the grid shit,
0: right? Like, yeah.
2: And uh, we, we, so we, we hit the dirt and we're like, yeah, we're going. And then we came to like a crossroads and we're like, well, we think it's this way and we made it right and we kept going. And then it ended up onto paved road and we're like, well, we'll take this see where it goes. And then it took us right back to where we started. And we're like, what? <laughs> Whoa! A how loop? did that? We did a loop. How we long, long know was the loop? Was
0: like a <clears throat> five-mile loop or something?
2: No. Shorter. Like 15 minutes or something uh, okay. but it's one of those things where you're so disoriented and you think you're heading in one direction <laughs> suddenly you end up where you started and you're like what
0: yep <laughs> twilight zone
2: it, yeah it was pretty funny so uh, we headed back out and this time made a left and we got we got into the mountains so the Santa Cruz Mountains uh, run um a little geography lesson: The fault lines run parallel to the ocean mm. and create these mountains. And there's really nothing up there. Um, they and they separate the. You know, you have the Salinas Valley. You have these valleys and mountains all throughout. Uh, California.
0: All the doomsday preppers are up there. And yeah, weed, weed growers.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. and you can see from below. You can see roads and paths up there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're like cow trails What's or up, farmer dude? trails. Hey, Henry, go ahead and uh, take a seat anywhere. Why don't you go over here? The one by Liza is all no. primed up and good to go. No, oh, I got my stuff over there. All right. Um. So you, you know how you always see these roads? And you're like, how do you get there? Yeah. Well, we we were we were on them, and uh, at one point we passed this. <laughs> when we did the loop, <clears throat> there was a van with a dog out there that chased us and barking. And then when we <laughs> did the loop, we're like, shit, we got to do it again. <laughs> and so we had to go past the dog again. It oh, was funny. Um, um. But we were up in the mountains and we had a lot of, some people may remember, it was just, was it last year or two years ago we had the big fires?
0: Oh, you probably a uh, longer. three years ago? Oh, yeah, a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> well,
2: there's yeah, which there's been a lot of fires here. Yeah. And we found ourselves up in uh, the, like a fire zone. So basically there's no trees, there's no nothing, you're just on a gravel road in a cloud. Mm-hmm. And every now and then there would be different path roads that forked off and uh, we were worried that we might get, like, lost up there. But um, you just use the water method, right? Yeah. If you get lost, just head downhill. You'll end up somewhere. You'll find civilization. <laughs> yeah, you will. Mm. <clears throat> but we were having a really good time ripping it up. But then you start finding, like, people living out there in the middle of nowhere. And, like, like we found, yeah. like, a, um, a shack that had, like, old abandoned cars and a jet ski. <laughs> and you're on the top of a mountain yeah. um,
1: there was a big flood
2: Look at that
4: one out.
1: He's, we, he's just prepared
2: yeah in the right. desert yeah. there were a lot of signs that said no access or um, uh, residence only or n- no allowance or keep keep absolutely do not cross yeah we found a lot of those there were no actual fences or gates. And I feel like if they really mean it, they'd make a little bit of effort and at least put a chain across or something, right? Or they, they put could the booby trap before. Yeah, exactly. So we did not actually go through anything that we had to touch or move. And just kept going and um we ended up going over the mountain, down the other side, and now a lot of these were not actual roads, but were just bulldozed paths with large, like overturned rocks and stuff like that, and and kind of. It's like
0: a fire brake line, that you were saying? Yeah,
2: like fire brake lines. I think the the fire. Access. I mean, yeah, they're making brake lines, but not just brake lines. Um, access roads and stuff, yeah. and uh, we just kept going and kept going, and then we were going down the other side and. Then we came to like a waterfall and a river, and like we started. Yeah, it was really cool. Wow. And we, we uh, um, Santa Cruz still, what the hell? No, we were way over the hill in the oh. other valley. Oh, shit and uh, kept going, and you start to see more and more houses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, by the time we got all the way over to where we're like, oh, it looks like there's civilization ahead, we can get some gas up here.
0: Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a
2: gate.
4: Oh. The gate
2: from keeping you from getting into the neighborhood <laughs> that we were already in. But that's fine. We just turned around and went back out. Had a great time exploring up there.
0: Did you... Uh, oh, sorry. Good. I
2: was going to say, I, both of us really enjoyed it. I can't wait to go back because there were some of these, again, not really roads, but bulldozed paths, yeah. I'll say, um, that we didn't even explore.
0: Did you like actually go through and then... Go down and go back up, or did you end yeah. up like at Mount Madonna or something like that?
2: Oh, no, no, no. No, we went all the way down into the oh, valley shit. on the other side. Damn. Into a neighborhood. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, some of the concerns are that there are people with weed farms up there, and um, it's quite uh, removed from civilization. Yeah. It's, it's weird, because you can see the cities, you can see San Jose, you can see Morgan Hill, you can see Santa Cruz, and you can also get shot by a tweaker.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's, what's fun is like uh, going on Google Maps and doing the uh, terrain overlay or whatever, and just seeing all these little cool roads that are, uh, uh, you'd imagine are about at least a year old, or even you know earlier than that, or you know later than that. And like there's how do I get there? This is so cool, yeah, you know like right.
2: So now we want to go back and like take everyone, but we're afraid that the more people that we take, the more likely uh, these seem to like, become a
0: problem. Yeah, These seem like real shithouse roads in the middle of nowhere. I don't think anyone's going to make the effort to try, especially not on sport bikes, you know? There's crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy dual sport guys will probably do it, for sure.
2: Well, and we felt like we were in the shroud of fog, mm-hmm. so no one could see us. True. And at least my bike is quiet gyms is kind of loud but we weren't like yeah we weren't causing noise problems or anything um but really cool really cool yeah um yeah i want to go we had more fun than we do at hollister really we did about 50 miles oh cool yeah that's cool Uh, how'd your bike do my my bike did good um (laughs) i only had one time i almost went off the mountain
0: (laughs) well that's a bonus
2: yeah. Just one time. It was just one of those things where I'm kind of doing everything right. But you know, the bike is like sliding around as you're going uphill. Yeah, yeah. And these are kind of big rocks. I'd say like um, baseball and ping pong sized rocks that have been turned up by the oh, bulldozers. Shit. And, um, you're
0: doing like endurance type stuff.
2: And you're going oh. up and every now and then, like your tire will hit those rocks and it bumps you to the left or like right. Fuck, well, this yeah. one time it bumped me to the left into a stump. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> which then my tire hit head on while going uphill and it's hard to get, have real good momentum mm. so that kind of knocked me way to the left and I started to go towards the, the side edge but then I managed oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. don't, know, look, like over the edge. don't look over the edge scream and throw your legs down on the ground and start like <laughs> kicking and I saved it
0: yeah yeah, those are always wow. fun
2: yeah but um, you know I have to think though there, there's got to be more of these roads around we need to do a better job of finding them
5: yeah, stealth rider.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not going up there on your Harley. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> hey, no. What,
1: maybe if you get uh, uh, z- a zero FX. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, dude.
1: That would be the bike to take up there. Oh,
2: yeah. let's take the electric mini bikes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> With our two inches of clearance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there were definitely times we thought we shouldn't stop. We better keep going. <laughs> when you see some sketchy like domiciles.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: It's like oh, you live out here, and there's like a bathtub in the yard, and like,
0: hey man, that person's living the life. It's like I'm away from everybody. Yeah. You know, I can make my meth in peace. <laughs> I guess I don't know. God.
2: And do you went on a little ride today? Yeah, I did. Just went up in the hills, you know,
0: checking the cobwebs off of the supermoto, and uh, it was damp, so I didn't go as, as spirited as I wanted to. Um, had suspension settings that I wanted to try out and. I didn't like them and that was about it <laughs> nothing exciting you know same old uh, routine uh the roads that i go on so yeah
2: yeah that's one thing i hate about like leaves in the road is something that drives yeah. me nuts
0: well part of it is like there are parts that are damp and there are parts that are dry and then you can't tell if there's silt or anything on there and so if you're going into a turn and you can't really see what you're doing it, you just it's <clears throat> You can't see that far ahead and it sucks, especially when your front end pushes like, you know, like very suddenly. You That's know, when the thing skips out like like three or four feet, you're like, oh, fuck. Rear end slides I could deal with. Like the front end pushing that quickly, that fast, like, ah, uh, you know, pucker. It bit. was funny.
2: Um, In dirt, Jim was much more comfortable and he would <clears throat> get way ahead of me. Sure. And then when we hit pavement, I felt like I was much more comfortable and would mm. kind of get ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have been false uh, comfort though because I kept thinking I think this bike has ABS, right? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I think this bike has ABS. I should be good. Maybe. Therefore Uh, I can push it a little bit harder. Sure. I think my CRF... Does my CRF have ABS? I can't remember.
1: I I think the ABS is turned on. (laughs) CRF.
2: Does the CRF 250 have ABS?
3: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sure it does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Anti-baloney system
2: or something. Come on! I thought it... Oh. Are you sure? Oh, the new well, one? Yeah. What year it's is brand it? new.
3: Oh, well, yeah. If you yeah, it's well,
2: 130 miles on it. Okay. The new ones? If, if, if you bought the ABS version. <laughs> I
3: don't know. <laughs> they would, they should have told you that. Yeah.
2: I bought it on a whim. Yeah. I just put a credit card down, and yeah. said, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. It, it, it might be stamped on the side somewhere. Yeah. I, I never bothered to look. I just it's, told myself, "I think i have ABS. I'm good. I can push it." It doesn't have ABS. <laughs> no. it
5: doesn't? Well, it's a dual sport bike. Why would you want ABS on like something you take off road?
2: I know, I thought about that too. But then I felt more comfortable with thinking I had A, B.
0: (laughs) Trying to rationalize riding like an asshole. Now I have to to go
2: check. (laughs) Dang it. Um, But yeah, great day ride. And then, you know, it was really cool. We stopped at the Summit Store, which is a a known stop up in the mountains for bikers. Um, It's just like a grocery store, but they've got a nice selection of food and drinks and some tables outside. Yeah. And by this time, by the time we had come back up, the sun had come out. Mm-hmm. And now we were able to see everything we had been riding. Um
0: So did it look a lot worse?
2: <laughs> no. Actually, you could actually well,
0: like there's like five jet skis instead of that one.
2: <laughs> no, the only thing that's creepy is when you're in a burn zone and you just have a bunch of like black stick type tree things. Oh
4: yeah, everywhere. yeah, it's
0: super creepy, right?
2: It is kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, But we came up and we stopped at the Summit Summit store and we were getting some drinks. And this uh, BMW GS 1200 pulled up and just kind of stopped and looked up at the terrace. And we looked down and it's like Hey, And it was uh, Anna, who was on our Moto Food Tour that we met. Oh, wow. cool. And she said, what are you guys doing here? She goes, I'm out for a ride exploring, and I just found this place, and I stopped to see what it is. And there you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was really cool to run into her, and we hung out with her for a bit. She's going to be down at uh, Carrizo Plains as well. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm.
4: they are
0: going
2: to talk about that a little bit later, yeah? We are going to talk about that a okay. little bit later. Okay, But you know what I wanted to do first? <clears throat> So we did our Patreon prize pack drawing uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the winner lives in New Zealand. No, and the cost of shipping was greater than <laughs> oh, the, the cost of the goods. Oh man, damn, dude! So we're gonna draw another name and hope they don't live out of the country. Knock if you can draw a name. All right, there you go. And uh, just a reminder: there's a lot of good stuff in there. I know for a fact that there is Ooh. a um, that nice smart charging system that can mm-hmm. restore batteries, stuff like that. We're giving away free shit. Uh, there's some. T shirts. I think there's a, a, a rock straps in there. There's a lot of really good stuff. All right. So. Good jumble here. You said, yeah. rock, you said rock straps. Rock Just, straps. Okay, not, okay. Yeah. What kind of straps did you think I said? I jock Jockstrap.
0: Um, <laughs> that'd be a lot cooler okay. if they were.
2: <laughs> no, we're not saying what's on the top of our mind. Okay. Yet. Oh, <laughs> there. With the, there you it's go. not that part of the show. <laughs> no. Okay, all right. So, who do we have that's going to win the Patreon prize back And again, yep. all of our Patreon subscribers at five dollars or more, they're automatically entered in for the drawing.
0: And the winner is yes, Matt Good. Ooh, oh, oh, right. with an e on the end. No,
2: no, Matt Good. G o o d. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that a name right, or a sentence? Take that.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yes? Matt good. Matt Good. Matt Good. <laughs> That's what Matt she said. <laughs> Maybe he's missing a comma in there.
2: Well, congratulations, Matt Good, because I'm going to be sending you out a nice prize bag. Yeah, man. Good. Good. Congratulations. Yeah. Very yeah. good. And uh, so thank you to our winner um, from two weeks ago, Brett, who said, you know what, just pass it on and we'll let, uh, let someone else win. All right. So... Um, Good sport. I wanted to introduce our guest today because it's a a new voice here. And with us, we've got Gabe Etz-Hokin. Perfect. Do you put a a space in between the two? There's a hyphen. So you have to get Etz-Hokin. Etz-Hokin. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. So I met Gabe recently, and it's one of those things where you realize talking to somebody that we've kind of been uh, in each other's orbit, but never aware of Mm. each other kind of thing. Yeah. And you're doing some writing for Twisted Road has a new blog. That's right. Oh, cool. That's right. And they may or may not be featuring me. Uh (laughs) May or may not. Depends. Well, um, that's
0: really sly, Liza. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Next week's Let's see if he can find
2: enough good shit to write. (laughs) (laughs) Or if he finds all the bad shit to write. (laughs) So um, we just were chatting, just doing an interview and kind of getting to know each other and uh yeah so I, I found out you know as as somebody who's a writer you know a motorcycle writer I started thinking like is that like is that like the fantasy job that everyone wants is it is it <laughs> you we think about it like we read the magazines you go yeah. Man, that person got hooked up.
0: I probably can ride get, good. I can ride motorcycles. Probably get all the
2: free stuff. I'm, I assume you get like free bikes from everyone.
3: Well, if if you ask, I mean, if you're a full time, I'm a freelancer. So, but oh. if you're on staff, so here, you want a story about that? Yeah. So I got hired at Cycle World Magazine as their online editor. This is about mm. ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And the first night, the first day I was there like i I and it was just like a dream. I'm just like wandering around and this is when cycle world had this really cool headquarters building in um in uh what's it called down there Newport Beach yeah mm. oh, Newport okay. beach and they had this building that was that was designed by whoever the by Peterson oh, uh, oh. and they built this headquarters building that was jointly intent it was intended to jointly be the the road and track upstairs. And Cycle World downstairs, and it had a oh, custom wow. built garage. As far as I know, it's the only purpose built automotive motorcycle journalism building ever built in the world. Interesting. Wow. And it was like custom built from the ground up to be this motorcycle magazine office.
2: So there's like motor oil on tap and everything. Right. <laughs> Hot and cold.
3: You guys have a dyno right. machine, two stroke, in there. four stroke oil, <laughs> right. whatever you want. Yeah, there was a big garage in there, and a uh, cool. and uh, a and, uh, you know, in the in the morgue, you know, not not for dead editors but for, for the you know the story <laughs> morgue and uh and then you know files you know back in the old days all the all the content that you would generate all your notes and drawings and photographs and negatives everything would go into these files after the into these folders after the story was was published after the issue was published mm-hmm. and then they'd put it into the morgue so i was just in there like wandering through and like thinking of all my favorite issues and this is also the archives of Old Cycle magazine which was legendary for its good writing Mm -hmm. right and so I went in there and the first place I I went was not the garage which I'll tell you about in a second but was into the morgue and I made a beeline for I want to say it's like June or July, I think nineteen
2: ninety six. Hold on, let's guess if let's see if we can guess what was on the cover. July July, nineteen ninety six. Hold on, no, I'm going to say Hayabusa.
3: Oh, I, I, 96? I, 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 don't know. I you know actually I don't know, oh. but I and I don't even know if I have the year or the issue right.
2: But <laughs> I just
3: kinda, But but uh, I could be right. That it, the the one of the features was Hunter S. Thompson's Song of the Sausage Creature. Oh. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. to see if Ralph Steadman's original art was in that folder. Oh, oh man, yeah, nice. It yeah. wasn't. That folder had been oh. ransacked. Oh. Everything was gone. from oh, no. <laughs> Some other editor in the last twenty years. Oh man. Yeah, I know. Do you know Scooter Tramp
5: Scotty? He writes for Easy Rider. He's the only other uh, motorcycle journalist I've heard
4: of.
2: I haven't. uh, Yeah. Scott, what's well, his last name? Do you know Scooter Scam? I don't. But how come you don't have a cool name like that, Gabe? <laughs> no, right? Do you need one? I mean, if you're Jewish, you just
3: can't have a cool name. There's nothing. There's you're never going to be like, you know, Slider Meinberg or something like that. Like, <laughs> Slider
2: like, wow, this just, just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah I guess with Except the bagel. name, like, Bagel's kind I, of a cool name. I already took bagel. Yeah, you it's, already it's, got that. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's chewy enough. Yeah, it's pretty chewy. <laughs> <true>. All right, <laughs> chewy and
3: chewy. Yeah, but um, but the other great part of that job was the um, the garage. And I went into that garage, and on the left side of the garage is a rack. The whole length of the garage, like thirty feet, of riding apparel, all brand new. Oh shit! Helmets on top of that, boots underneath, baskets of gloves, everything brand new. Just comes in a truck in boxes every day from wow. the manufacturers because so, they want their gear featured oh, in photography. This oh, place, oh, okay. this exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, okay. well, yeah. Oh well, at Cycle World it did. Probably motorcyclist also. And then the garage at the time I, when I went in there, I think I counted forty different test bikes. Wow! Damn. And then there was a, a board inside the office with the keys. Hmm. So you would just like tell you would just write on the board that you were taken the Hayabusa out or the ZX-14R or the whatever hmm. and you would just go take it.
2: And there was a beer uh, a beer no. a stocked fridge and ice cream and everything <laughs> No else.
3: because David Edwards was the editor in chief and he's a lovely guy, sweet wonderful man however uh, not a lot of drinking going on there. It was not, Probably mad, it was not Men. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, a,
2: Probably good a good idea. Probably a good
4: idea.
3: There was no beer so, in the
2: building. kid in a candy store what'd you go for?
3: Oh, that First, first bike. I don't know. I mean, there was there was there were Benelli's. There was a there were the Benelli. The TNT was in there, mm. and, uh, and then there were I can't. There was a KTM. There was a KTM um, Super Duke that I took home for like six weeks.
4: <laughs>
3: I had a, I had a Versus for a year and a half before someone from Kawasaki called. So it's like after they, after I got laid off. Like nah, I still oh. had that bike. <laughs> and Someone from Kawasaki called her like, hey, can we get our Versus back? And They're like, what Versus? What are you talking about? They're like, oh, you know, we had this Versus. So you're doing a long-term test. They're like, oh, yeah. I think I put 12, <laughs> I think about 13,000 miles on that bike. Wow. Um, but Thorough but, review. Yeah. Uh, I took a 1098 up the Ortega Highway. Like, it was oh, like that yeah. would be my day. Like, mm-hmm. I would go in in the morning. And because I didn't really work for the magazine, I worked for the... For the online services in New York. So I didn't really have a boss. So I just kind of wander around. It took an hour, it took a year and a half for them to fire me. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
3: year and a half was great. I did a lot of work. I wrote a lot of stuff. Some of it's still on the Psycho World site. You could Google it.
2: So when you are um, on staff, yeah. You're basically just doing like reviews and stuff like that, right? Well,
3: you know, uh, at Cycle World, I mean, I, I can't speak for other magazines. I can speak for Motorcycle.com that I mm-hmm. edited, and, and City Bike Magazine that I edited mm-hmm. also. But like Cycle World, which was a big magazine at the time, was making just huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so and what? but you, you know, you'd have an editorial meeting every week,
2: and we and we'd plan content. So this is a dream job. Yeah, yeah.
3: If I had been like a regular like editorial staffer, I would still, I would hopefully still be there. Of course, I had to move to L.A. Oh, I mean, they wanted me to move to L.A. I was, I was actually kind of working remotely, Hmm. Um, but I'd go down there like every other week for three days at a time, and I usually take a test bike back and forth. So it was, was, it was, it was a pretty good gig. But it gets tough, you know, when you're married and yeah, yeah. But still, that I'd, I'd still be there if I was on the regular editorial staff. They wanted me to do like. They want to be like to be the, the content strategist for the for the online content, and this was like stuff I didn't really know anything about. That doesn't even sound like riding motorcycles. No, it was not definitely not. That's the other. That's so. Can we get into the downside of being a motorcycle journalist?
2: Let's wait. Okay. Because first, I want to go to how does one become a motorcycle journalist? People usually
3: go two routes. They get like an internship or just the the attention of of an editor at a magazine, you know, like right out of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matthew Miles joined Cycle World right out of college. Um, But I um, I was a racer. I was an A F M racer and uh, pretty well known, like in the Bay Area motorcycle community, just like a motorcycle guy. And I was working at uh, SF Moto in San Francisco. Mm And I ran into the, and uh, I got offered an opportunity to sell Derby scooters in California. Yeah. yeah. Including the Derby Supermoto, if anyone remembers those.
2: Bagel, have you ever had a Derby?
3: I've never owned a Derby, but I've seen them, yeah.
2: Are the Derby scooters big wheels or little wheels? Well,
3: they're scooters that look like scooters, and they made a 150 scooter even. But then they also sold two-stroke Enduros, and or dual sports, and Supermotos. Hmm. And I love the super Because yeah. at the time, I was going up to Stockton and, and racing. Yeah. And riding we the, were talking and about this because
2: um, around yes. the same time, I was hanging out with my friends who were racing there. Yep. And that's when I learned about the whole... Um, it's 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 the whole community really the pit pit community at a race like that everyone's helping each other out and everyone's got like chairs out and it's visiting each other and supporting one another and um and you have families there racing and kids because this is a go-kart track yeah so you have pocket bikes and you have small displacement bikes you have super motos the derbies that looked like a real bike
3: yeah 17 inch wheels
2: mm-hmm. exactly and
3: um And you could in stock they made like three and a half horsepower, but then you could modify them up to twenty or more.
2: Damn, dude! You know, um, but and they weighed and they weighed two hundred pounds. Oh, shit! They weighed nothing. That was the thing. People could carry the speed into the turns on those, Um, as opposed to some of the other like the supermoto, like dirt bike modified dirt bikes,
3: and the and the wheel size. Mm -hmm. uh, They were narrow. Well, you'd buy used. uh, Moto GP 1 125 the Honda RS 125 slicks. Oh you'd, shit! So you'd buy the used RS 125 slicks off the AFM racers and put them on your Supermoto.
2: Yeah, it was, mm. that was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, we we yeah. apparently were there around the same time. Yeah. So Derby is not a name that a lot of people are familiar no. with. No, a storied old
3: Spanish brand. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. the town the factory's in Rebassa and. Uh, Derby is a contraction of Derivato de Bicicleta, I guess. I'm impressed. Right? Interesting. From a bicycle, Uh, because they originally made bicycles, and then they started making mopeds. So it's
2: D-E-R-B-I. Yeah, exactly. And how come... They're not still in here. Piaggio
3: right brand now. owned them, and they briefly experimented with. Uh, there was a. Do you know about the Cosmo Motors in Philadelphia? No, they, I know of Cosmo. Yeah, and then the, yeah, and they distrib- in the '90s they were distributing kind of a lot of smaller, kind of interesting, yep. boutique-y, European, yeah, they're big stuff. Vespa dealer. Yeah, yeah, hmm. and then um, and then there was a a guy in Florida also selling them, mm-hmm. and uh, and then this guy Derby Doug. Doug, oh yeah, Doug Fairly.
2: He got a nickname Doug too. Farrell. Why yeah. couldn't you be Derby <laughs> right? Gay? No one <laughs> never got a good nickname. You guys can no. think of one for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, I will.
1: <laughs> I will. Give it time. Glutton um, for punishment.
2: <laughs>
3: but uh, uh, Derby, they, but at the time, this is like 2001 to mm-hmm. 2000. So. uh Diageo group bought Derby mm-hmm. and then they experimented with bringing it in as a brand in the United States mm-hmm. and then they had to like split the distributorship in between you know half the country got was Cosmo Motors and then the other half was Doug and um and the brand didn't really catch on and i guess they kind of caught the tail end of the scooter boom right.
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I
3: think the they gave up l- the yeah. largest
2: displacement was a 250 wasn't it
3: they as, as far as i know they made a 150 scooter
4: mm-hmm.
2: was
3: the biggest and then the 50 cc two strokes were as yeah. big as they could bring in yeah i don't think they right. even had anything bigger than 150 they may be they right, have but they sold a 650 in europe <coughs> but, right, but this is right. per, fairly recently the, i think it might the mulhassen it's called That's is that a cool. scooter or a motorcycle no it's a 650 motorcycle right, it's like right. a kind of scrambler Kind of
1: thing, right? But one of the things I do remember they brought in was uh, like a little fifty cc replica racer. That was oh yeah, cool. that's the RS fifty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, that's Aprilia's R- well, RS fifty. Well, well, Aprilia made one, but I think I think Derby made one too. Is it also
3: called the RS fifty? Yeah, we sold well, those two. Well, I don't. That's I, right. I don't remember the name, but yeah, it was a cool little bike. Sa- same motor as the Supermoto and the and the Dual Sport. Hmm. Um, it's a and the motor was designed by uh, it was a Minarelli. Oh okay. Mm. So and and it's very similar to the Honda. Uh, Fifty CC two stroke. All
2: right. So you're racing in the AFM. Right. You're working at SF Moto shop there. You're selling Derby. You're going to the Stockton races. Yeah, and then I uh, how, how do you, how do you, how do you get? Oh, we didn't we oh. didn't talk about though what happened before that. Your other career
3: path. Well, I was in law school. Right. Right. And yeah, driving a cab through law school and and doing that. And then I didn't pass the bar twice. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's not them, it's me. Was, so. this, was, was this law
2: school thing your parents' idea?
3: No, it was my idea. Okay. No. No, I don't, yeah. My mom always thought I'd be a writer. Can I tell you the? But can I tell you just the ultimate Jewish mother story? Yeah. <laughs> this is, so my mom loves, like, always wanted me to be a writer. Oh, Gabriel. This is my mom. Oh, Gabriel, you're such a wonderful writer. <laughs> right? And... Uh, and um she would always send me clippings from like Newsweek and Time. Oh, look, this is the kind of thing you could write. Yeah. So I finally got a job writing. So I, I was working for Motorcycle.com for two years. Mm-hmm. Then I got hired at Cycle World. Called my Of course I called my mom because I was still uh, not old enough to realize that there's that I'm never going to get my mom's approval.
4: Sure.
5: <laughs> what did your mom say when you joined the Marine Corps?
3: Oh, she didn't say anything. She just kind of stared at me for about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish moms are cool like that,
4: though. Yeah, kind of like let's so, sort it So, what did she say when oh, you called? She it? said,
3: "I said I got I got hired at Cycle World. It's the biggest motorcycle magazine uh, in the world." And she said, "Oh, Gabriel,
2: don't you want to write for Newsweek?" <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, Electric Terry and Charger are joining hey, us. Hey, Terry. Oh, that's Charger. Hey, yeah. come on in. You can yeah. take chair number one. It's Electric Terry right there. It
3: is indeed. So, did you see my <clears throat> did you see my Bolt parked out
6: back? I, I, oh, you came I didn't see in through Bolt. But, oh huh? wait, was the white one? Yeah. yeah
2: hey, yeah, get on Mike there, in. son. Get on Mike. Hmm. Hi, Charger. Oh, I don't know what you guys
6: are talking about, but I got a yeah. great story for you whenever there's an opportunity. Huh?
2: Okay, hold on. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so you get a job with motorcycle.com, you're now a rider, right? and then you go to Cycle World there. Then I go to there. Cycle World. You've made the big time. This is the major. I, I felt like I felt like Joe Namath. Hey, Charger, oh, Charger. come Charger. on. Charger, come on in. It's not good for recording. Am I in his seat? <clears throat> yeah, come on up there, Charger. Uh, that's there you go. She, that's where she wants to be. There yeah, she, go. she yeah. goes. So you made it to the to the show, as yes. they say. And, and we talked about how you go into the, the garage and there's the right. gear. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm still going to imagine that there's a, a ice cream freezer and everything, mm. right? No,
3: there was a little refrigerator. There was actually like a soda, like you put in a court, like wow. Honor System
2: soda bar. Mm-hmm. yeah but you
3: had a, mark cernicki ran that by the way <laughs>
2: so i wanted to talk about what were some of the like the great uh jobs you're sent out on because this is something i have to imagine when you're reading psycho world and you see somebody in these like amazing locations like riding through the Alps or yeah. doing stuff like that does that really happen
3: yeah yeah well that's you know that the travel stories for the big magazines almost inevitably those go to the freelancers um mm-hmm. they're like i'm on this vacation or they get offered a vacation or they're like they call up Edelweiss and say hey you want a story in Cycle World I'll pitch it to them ah. and uh, and and so th- those guys do that but usually like the editors at a motorcycle magazine I mean this is back in the day like now by the way now the motorcycle Press is totally discombobulated. Like the whole, mm. the whole industry is kind of collapsing in on itself. Well, print. I mean, print and and the websites too. Yeah, and the websites too. Is um,
0: the you say the quality is going you, down, or is it shifting? Well, or? not the
3: quality is about the same as it's mm-hmm. always been because it's the same guys writing it. She, it's I, a little awkward. I know I spilled some of my burrito in my lap.
2: Yeah, she's cleaning it up for you.
3: Maybe it was an
2: accident. Um, I could, maybe you can partially blame us for this. Uh, yeah. Um,
3: but uh, the you know it's there's fewer magazines and mm-hmm. uh, you know fewer full-time jobs for these guys and more podcasts for doing it for free that's well, right no, you know man. unfortunately
6: the whole motorcycle uh, you know market in the United States is for some reason on a slight downcline and I don't know if the uh, the media jobs have any reflection on that I, I would Assume yeah. so. If there are less people buying motorcycles for whatever reason, there's probably less jobs available. But the ones that, you know, provide great content I would I would think have a, have probably a bigger market share, perhaps.
2: Well, and through social media, now isn't there the potential for a well written article to be shared beyond Absolutely. what it would have been. And so maybe yeah. it's it's less people needed to Write the articles because well, they can go so further. Much,
3: you know, there's so much user-generated content mm-hmm. out there, and, mm, and some of it's some right. of it's very good, and some of it's not that good. But mm. honestly, I don't think American motorcycle journalism was ever really Pulitzer material, mm-hmm. frankly, except for my writing, of course. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, not. Well, I mean, there is ex- obviously there's wonderful exceptions, right? But mostly. Because you and I were talking before the show mm-hmm. about you know the nature of journalism and mm. technically what we do is is what they call um, enthusiast media and not journalism because right. you know, journalists can't be influenced by the subjects they write about and motorcycle journalists and automotive journalists and I'm sure guitar journalists and boat journalists are very influenced by the manufacturers
2: in that space because they're paying their salaries. All right. So now that we know you're sellout, tell us about some of the. I, and
3: by the way, I have I have no shame about it at all. all right. Like that. So,
2: tell job. us about some amazing trips that you've done and bikes that you've ridden. Do you know? I, I was thinking on like my favorite
3: press intro, and it keeps coming back to that. This Buell, I think 2008 or mm-hmm. 2009. Uh, it must have been 2008 because they, like, no, 2010 was their last year, but mm. it was 2008, and uh, you know, it was, it was in Buttonwillow. It was that hmm. the button That's wheel a racetrack. Track, okay. right, so like I think we stayed in Bakersfield, okay. you know. Like it wasn't oh, it wasn't great. Oh. It, it wasn't great accommodations mm. or any kind of luxury, but we got to ride the the factory XBRR, Right yeah. which was the Great Bike. Which was well, I don't Isn't know about it? great. Like I don't know how successful it was because it was well, pretty fragile. But it was mm. fast.
2: I remember though, um, I think this is the bike that when they folded, like the the value, the cost was like half of what what it should have been. That you could get a good bike for the money. the,
3: the XBR. Yeah, the XBR was their race-only factory yeah. super bike, right? and wow. uh, I think Jesse was knew about it, and and it was a it was an air-cooled. It was basically like the XB12, but like. You know, built to an inch of its life, making 150 horsepower. Holy crap! Out of what's normally like an 85 horsepower yeah. motor. Man, well, this is an air cooled bike. Yeah, and it's air cooled. That's wild. And wow. I rode that thing at Buttonwillow, and it was like 110 degrees out, Ooh. and like I cooked my leg. Oof! But that thing was fast and light. Nice. Right? And that was, was so, so you cool got to, you got into the groove. Like that. Huh? Yeah. And that was and that was fun. And then and then we rode you know, we had like a 300 mile street ride up into the mountains and like the Buell interests were great because the Harley Davidson PR people that were there, like Paul James. Um, and then uh Eric Buell would be there with us and he would hang out with us and answer questions. And the nice thing about the motorcycle industry is very, has that familial feel. Yeah. You know, you, you really kind of know everybody and, and you know, you, you can ask, you know, it's not like, GM or something where there's like this giant building filled with engineers. Like you're sitting down and yeah. and eating dinner with the guy that that designed the frame or you know spec'd the engine or. Did
2: All right, you know. but now I want to hear about exotic locations, and you're telling me about Bakersfield. Okay, <laughs> well it's 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 exotic if you know you're from Africa. It is the armpit of California. <laughs> it it's true. Uh,
3: I you know by uh, a few years ago I got. Asked to do uh, the Kawasaki ZX 10R. Mm-hmm. That was the new model launch in Kuala Lumpur. Mm. What? Yeah. Wow. And that was pretty good. And we wrote it Sapung and mm-hmm. learned how to pronounce it Sapung. And I got to experience Kuala Lumpur, which, like, who would go there? Yeah. Otherwise, why you know? uh, okay. it's not a big tourist destination? Or uh, what are the roads like there? Kuala Lumpur is Malaysia is a very developed country. It's mm, practically yeah. first world. I mean, um, I mean, compared to parts, some parts of the United States, it's more but, advanced, right? Like <laughs> uh, great roads. Um, but it was all uh, it was all uh, racetrack the intro. But um, yeah. you know, I got to a few days beforehand, you know, learning about Malaysia and Malaysian culture and. That was just a really interesting part of the world to check out, and then of course you know you're riding on a MotoGP track, right? Yeah, with uh you know with with their with Kawasaki's superbike team, right?
6: And they're like passing you like you're Liza. Before we go to mm-hmm. the next question, stuck in first gear. Gabe, I got something great to tell you. Uh, two days ago on on Facebook, first of all, I see pictures of you shared all the time. Right. Two days ago, one of the engineers from Zero, uh, Art Carlson, he shared a great picture of you. On a 2013 zero, a yellow bike, you had a hand in the air. You're doing a burnout. Oh, and holding a, 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 yeah. a, 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 a extension cord. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> you were. That was that was not plugged yeah. in. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that was uh, that's got to be like six or seven years ago now. And that was. That, yeah. that photo is still viral. Yeah. That was back in the days of a uh, city bike. Is that right? That yes, yeah, so I did that for city
3: bike. Yeah. And by the way, uh, that, a zero is probably the easiest motorcycle to do a
6: burnout. One-handed, yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's no clutch. It's easy. I just to put the front tire against a curb and then. It, it was. It was funny when you sent me a message tonight saying, I was I'm here doing the podcast." Because I was like, "Gabe, I just saw a great picture of you that got like three thousand likes from uh oh, for another guy just two days ago." i Hope so, they credited uh, Bob Stockstad. I don't think they did. Oh, get all bent out of shape. <laughs> but uh no no it was it was great i I met you uh i met you also about six or seven years ago i met you you were doing your one of your first cross-country tours that's that's right that's right yeah you i don't think you've ever met charger in person but we we talk often on on the phone and everything else i think we talked about what two or three months ago i guess we we talked about the harley Livewire. that's right boy did i get in trouble with harley davidson for Uh, writing that story oh i told you some stuff i probably shouldn't have told you too i left
3: i left a lot of your analysis out of the article i I apologize the main reason i left your your analysis out of the article are you saying
2: your analysis or your not your analysis analysis. your your space (laughs) analysis and your analysis i I can i can understand why you want to leave his urine analysis
6: it's true gabe gave gave me a call one day and i said gabe i can talk to you now or i can talk to you later i just want to let you know I'm about four beers into a six pack, so I don't know what, whether you want me to.
3: <laughs> and I'm like, that's, you You know, nev- never say that to a journalist. That's like catnip. <laughs> We're like, oh, you're drunk. Oh, this is great. Well, <laughs> oh, tell me how you more. really feel. <laughs> <Tell me more. laughs> There's no filters. It's, it's great. Nice. It yeah, so, great. It was a so. great interview, but I, I, I'm ashamed to admit that I accidentally deleted my audio file of our interview. Oh, that's, no, you didn't. Okay. So I didn't have
6: any. But you, you might actually be relieved to hear that. Oh, probably. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a great, it was a great chat. And I'm, I'm so glad you're here tonight.
2: Yeah, for sure. It was nice to see you. So back to our exotic locations. I have to wonder, th- wonder, though, with some of the big manufacturers like Ducati, BMW, have you gotten some free trips from them?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, BMW treats you right. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. okay. Good oh, to hear. Yeah. They always fly you business class. They're like, oh. No we, shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> if you do not want to tie up, then you get to, 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 to the event. Wow. So, wow. They take care of you, man. Oh, business class is the. I'd never flown. I, I, that was the first and only time I've ever flown business class. It's the shit. Mm. It's the <laughs> shit. You don't want to get off the plane. They're like, it's time to get off the plane. You're like, oh, but I still have another movie and, yeah. uh, and the lobster. So what did you get <laughs> to ride? Room. That was for um, just going to a rally in Garmisch, Pardon uh, Partenkirchen, Pardon Thank you. Yep. Yeah, uh, which was which is the biggest, or at the time was the biggest BMW rally in in Europe. Damn, and, beautiful mountainous region. It's it's really cool. There was a guy in Lederhosen, I was talking to sure. him, and I'm like, you know, I'm interviewing. And he has this be- He had this beautifully restored. Was it R thirty five? The sing old single. Right, this cream-colored, you know those? Right. Oh no! Nice. Oh, yeah, Beautiful yeah. bike, and he mm. was dressed, and he was rare. He was riding it wearing lederhosen hosen and the hat with the little feather. Yep. <laughs> as yeah. you do. Yeah, because how you got to do that? And I'm like interviewing him. I'm like, I'm like, how do you spell your name? And he tells me how to spell his name. I'm like, is that with umlauts? And he says, No, it's all no umlauts. And I said, Would you like some? Because I have an extra pair.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Ducati. Uh, Oh, didn't you uh, do a Ducati? Oh, yeah. I just got back from Spain. Oh, that was my first
3: overseas Ducati press event. Mm. Uh, Usually the Ducati events are so awesome that they usually, you know, I'm a freelancer. So and when I was and when I was on staff, I was usually kind of B-list. Or when I was at Motorcycle.com, Motorcycle.com wasn't a big deal. So, oh, I remember now, I didn't do a, a Ducati event with Motorcycle.com because we were beefing with them because uh, they had done a multi-bike shootout and they crashed the 999 that they had. Ooh. Ooh. Right? And um, and Ducati, instead of, like most manufacturers, like, you work something out. Right? Like, we're really sorry we wrecked your bike. Like, uh, can we have another one? But usually, you work something out. Like, the, they're like, it's okay. You know, we we you know we make these. So, and you like the Japanese <laughs> we'll factories. <make> <laughs> the Japanese factories. A lot of the press bikes that they loan out, or the, especially for uh, like comparison tests, they just crush them anyway because they don't have uh, serial numbers. What? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, they don't have serial numbers. They just put them in the dumpster behind. So, the, so you know the zero yeah. the
6: zero uh, marketing bikes. They don't have technical do they do serial them? numbers either, yeah. but They don't make a lot of them. Yeah. So they usually like ride them. They let the press ride them. Then they. They turn them into COV bikes, and then they eventually do destroy them but they don't do it right away cuz they don't have the money to just do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Apparently they do. Right. So well, uh, um, oh, so, I, so we wrecked that bike yeah.
6: and Ducati just
3: mailed us a bill for $19,000. So it was what? more yeah. than the, oh, damn. it was more than the cost of the bike. They Jeez. they were like this is this is parts and labor for the bike you wrecked and
4: What?
6: And we were like, "Yeah, okay, we'll get right to it." Well, wait, with motorcycle what? journalism, if you wreck a bike, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's insurance to cover that. You don't. You don't get billed for that, do you? Well, apparently there isn't. The magazine doesn't usually have insurance. No.
3: <laughs> no. You work something out with the manufacturer. Like the manufacturer. Okay. Look, if a manufacturer like, oh, this is our only bike. Like, don't lend that out for a right, for right, a right, multi bike
6: shootout at the racetrack. Like, right. someone's gonna crash. You 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 know a journalist uh, out of Australia, Laws Blaine. I don't know. Okay, all right.
2: Laws has been here before too.
6: Yeah, Laws had an incident with a car, and that got him in trouble. But but it's all been settled now. But. uh, But I understand what you're saying, because they tried to throw stuff back on him, too. If you're interested, look up new Atlas and laws, and you'll figure it out. All right, let's um, go
2: back.
3: But for three years, Ducati wouldn't lend Motorcycle.com any bikes or let us go to any press launches. What? Yeah. They didn't invite us to any. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Honda Honda shut us out, too. Did the bill get
2: paid? No. Oh, no, why. because okay.
3: then a new a new regimen came in at Ducati North America and yeah, they're yeah. like, eh, this is bullshit." And they picked yeah. this up. So, then we worked it out. And I think they might have like comped them like $5,000 in advertising what, or
6: something like that. What y- what years were you at uh, motorcycle.com? 05 to 07? So uh, you were there with uh, like Kevin Duke and Troy Sheehan. Kevin and- Kevin took took my seat. Kevin took your seat. Kevin came from Motorcycle USA. Oh, okay. Were, this yes. is a, the
0: peak of like crazy sport bike stuff. Huh?
6: You remember a guy named yeah. like a Evans Bransfield, I think. Evans Rosfield's my boss at motorcycle.com. Oh no way. Okay. So I have sweet. to say nice things about him. Yeah, no, listen, but I know all He's, he's actually to...
3: Evans Evans is the sweetest man. Oh one yeah. of the
2: sweetest people I've ever met. <laughs> Such a kind guy. <laughs> I and I really mean that. Yeah. I am trying my best yeah. to lead you down the okay, path sorry. to the story <laughs> I would come about the die of all. Okay. That you recently rode, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So So, Ducati sent me to Spain.
3: It was only my second overseas press launch that I've, out of like 100 and something press launches I've been on.
2: And the uh, Diaval, it's been out, what, like five years? And now they've, it's 10 already? Yeah, I went to the first Diaval launch. I went to the first Diaval
3: launch in, it, it was, but the USA launch, they did it like wow, separately and that was in 2010
2: and then they redid it do you know what the different the changes were um you they should know uh they redid. it oh yeah 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 yeah
3: now let's see. they it. took the motor so about four years ago they revamped they introduced an extra uh, uh kind of a, a midterm model is that do you say that in, okay what like uh called the x diavel mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. more that was more of a cruiser direction. Mm-hmm. And right. they uh, had four mount pegs, little lower seat, um different frame and then they used the 1260 motor from the um multistrada. Mm. The new the right, the new one. Yeah. And um with the uh, variable valve, valve turn. what do they call it? Ducati variable timing. Yeah. And um and then for 2019 they just kind of standardize it by eliminating the ex Diablo and um and redoing the frame. I think it's like eight, 80 percent brand new. You mm. can check out my article at motorcycle.com. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And what did you think of it? The I the first time I rode the Diablo, I wasn't expecting much because um you know you know, at, at all through the 2000s, a lot of different manufacturers had their power cruisers. Like Victory was kind of the first with the V92S, mm-hmm. right? So their, their idea is like we're going to do, you know, uh, sport bike suspension and brakes and radial tires and a little more power and a little more cornering clearance. And now you're going to have a cruiser that's going to appeal to the cruiser guys and it's going to appeal to the sport bike guys. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be super cool. But no one really did it right. Then Ducati's like, "Well, we're going to do it the Ducati way, and we're going to use this superbike motor with the 150 horsepower." And I'm like, "Sign me up." And but I still wasn't expecting much cuz it's a big bike, physically a big mm. bike, and I'm a small person and kind of intimidated by larger bikes, but I got on that bike and the thing mm. rode great. Like we it was down in LA, we rode up um Mulholland, you know, all the way and all through the canyons there, and mm. it was pretty badass. And I'm like, this is not a cruiser. Like, it might kind of look like a cruiser, it's not really a cruiser. And the 1260 Diablo is just a re- is is really refinement on that formula. It's even less cruisery, mm-hmm. right? So uh, mid mount controls and the bars are a little 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 changed position, a little higher. So would you say
2: sport cruiser
3: like a V Rod? I wouldn't even call it a sport cruiser because I don't think there's a lot of cruiser in there. You know, Mm -hmm. with the actual riding experience, Ducati, it's funny, Ducati doesn't like to call it a cruiser. Yeah. They they like calling the ex Diavel a cruiser, but this Diavel, they they don't really call it anything. Mm. They kind of avoided labeling it. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, you're at Berkeley and you can't really use anyone's gender. (laughs) Yeah. It's like we. It's it's a it's a it's a cross identifying. Yeah,
6: yeah. It, Gabe, did did Zero give you an offer to go to the uh, SRF unveiling down in San Diego? No, no, did, no. Uh, Evans wrote it though. Evans, Evans wrote it up here,
3: right? What did you read his story? No, I don't. You think can think I also have. go to Motorcycle.com and read <laughs> Evans'
6: first ride story on the uh, SRF. You know, I'll do that. I, there's so many out there. I, I haven't read I that was, one yet.
3: You you know what? You were you were you were three. Or four beers in when I was talking to you on the phone, but I was I was trying to weasel details about that SRF out of you. And I know you, you I stayed try, clamped I Tried to stay clamped down. Oh, you, you haven't tried it yet.
6: I haven't had a chance to ride it yet. What? So oh. did Evans tell you what he thinks about it? Uh, like
3: really thinks about it? Or, uh, no, yeah, you know, I haven't, no, really, I, haven't, no, I, haven't, really. I, I, I didn't talk to him about. it He liked
6: okay. it. Okay, okay. The, the some of the people I've I've talked to that know motorcycles well, think it's probably one of the best sport motorcycles out there and and i'm curious to see what the first time you throw a leg over it what you think yeah i I can't wait to ride it i
3: want to rate i don't want to take it to the racetrack i've never been an electric bike on a racetrack and that's something i i
6: think would be this is going to be one of the first that doesn't overheat on the racetrack because the motor is so big it's just you know and it's got such thermal mass and and the fins are the right way now you know because it used to be for cost affecting this the The motor casing was extruded, so the fins went the wrong way. Mm. Now the fins go the right way. Is it billet? Is it machine billet? I I don't know those details. but It it probably is cast, I would guess. The old motor housing was an extruded that just got cut. Mm -hmm. Um, But because it got extruded and went this way, the fins went the wrong way. But... I've heard this is one of the, you know, I'm sure the one of the best races out there in the world will be able to overheat that motor, right. but not o- me. Electric will beat anything out of the corner. The problem is over lap after lap after lap, the gas bikes will start to, to beat them on the straightaways because the motors will go into thermal cutback. But not, not the SRF. Well, we don't know yet, but probably not. Right. They're, uh, they've got a SRF that's going to go into Pike's Peak this year, nice. 2020. And, um, lightning set the record i think it was in like 2013 or 20 i think it was 2013 maybe uh, they set it was the, after that maybe it, they like set the all the all t- maybe 2015 they set the all-time motorcycle record up the mountain and it was the lightning or i'm curious to see what a stock Zero SRF. Wait, Terry, we got
3: we I got to ask you about the new
6: lightning. I mean, they just announced that last week. I'm good friends with Richard Hatfield. we have talk to him a lot. I think, I think it's going to be a great bike. I'm very excited about it. He's got one that's coming in at a very low price point. Have you ridden one? No, I haven't yet. Um, I don't think does he any- have a prototype? Yes. I know he does. At? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, pretty sure he does and he's invited me to come up to his san jose factory to ride one haven't gotten around to doing yet maybe i'll try to do it next week or the week after but i know they're going to get released sometime in june yeah. so i wasn't kind of putting a lot of pressure on them just in case i show up and so something's not ready yet what's the where's the supply chain coming from from that bike we know uh I, I don't know, but I know he just he used to be in San Carlos, yeah. and he moved to San Jose to a giant facility in san San Jose. so yeah. uh, oh, so he really has manufacturing space now. Uh, yeah, because San he, Carlos place did not. when you
3: when I talked to you, you indicated that perhaps he didn't have a lot in the way
6: of production capacity. Right cuz in in his old space he was in a high rent district you know yeah. not the biggest space in the Red. world but he has now moved into a great space that will do it you yeah. know so so I'm I'm very curious So, so I think he's ready. Does he have now. a lot
3: of, does he have a lot of unfilled orders for the for the LS218?
6: You know I just don't know. I know that uh you know we've been trying to figure out how many of those he sold and uh, you know I don't want to call him and ask him say hey Richard how many of these yeah. you sell but I, I don't know if it's a huge number. I I would guess it's probably not necessarily a huge number, but that 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 doesn't mean anything bad about the bike. It's just a very expensive it's, bike. It's a high end bike. It's a high end bike. Fair. So so I think the strike is going to do well, and you know the thing is the market is so huge, the electric motorcycles aren't really competing against each other. They're competing against. The gas bike mentality is somebody saying, hey, you know, I've got to go 50 miles to work and uh, and 50 miles back. I can't have an electric. But the thing is, almost every electric motorcycle out there today can actually do that commute for you. And if you live in the Bay Area, especially, or Los Angeles or lots of other places, you get free charging at work, you know, for lots of places. You know, not everywhere. And it's going to more and more happen. And so, the thing is, you don't even really have to ever charge at home. You just charge at work and then do it from. So, it's happening. And every year, we're getting better battery technology. The aerodynamics getting better. Efficiency of the motors are actually increasing. That's something that, if you had asked me six years ago, I said, well, that's pretty much at a maximum. It's not going to increase. No, the efficiency of the powertrain is actually increasing, too. So, everything is increasing. That the, the Energy in and out of the batteries, what makes the battery heat up. If you have less battery heating, more of that gets to go to spin the back wheel. So, so many great advancements. I love it. I.
3: But what what surprises me as an electric vehicle owner, and I've had my, my Chevy Bolt for a year. Oh, awesome. Um, and uh, I've been doing rideshare with it, you know, yeah. it's like oh, wow. Uber and Lyft driver. And I actually wrote an, an article for the Rideshare Guy. You can look at that at therideshareguy.com um, about. About the costs of of using an electric vehicle for you know commercial use, and um, what I've found is more important than that not that is equally important as battery capacity itself, like range. Charging is, speed is charging speed,
6: yeah. and that's something that I think the motorcycle manufacturers have kind so, of. So, like when you have a day off and you're doing like ride share stuff, do you like uh, when you get done the ride, just park at a DC charge station and just kind of sit for? Ten minutes until you get another.
3: I very rarely have to, yeah. because it has a 240 mile range. Like right yeah. now, my car is forecasting 260 miles.
4: Yeah,
6: damn and dude. Yeah. Well, you rode down like and seventeen. I drove so. over seventeen. Yeah, I drove over the hill. Yeah, because well, I went
3: really slow. I drove behind a bus.
6: Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, driving down seventeen, you're not doing 85 miles no. an hour like you do in the Bay Area. Right. So you know, when the slower you go on any electric vehicle, the range increases. Right. You know, so unlike gas vehicles where it's usually the opposite because in the city Every time you put on the brakes, you completely throw away all your momentum into just heat energy from the brakes, where in an electric vehicle, right. you You're regenerate yourself. So, an electric vehicle, the highway range is usually less, and the city range is higher, where in a gas vehicle, it's usually the complete opposite. It's flipped. Yeah.
2: All right, Terry.
4: Yeah.
6: Preaching to the choir here, sir. Well, but you, you, love, not, you love it. Every kid's kid. You know it. Can. You you can know it be every kid's kid. Not all the listeners know it, so I felt the need to, to you know recite this. What's your take on electric...
2: Motorcycles. Uh, so, yeah, you're asking Jesse, the Harley rider. Yeah, you know, like <clears throat> you can't take away, you can't no, take away no, my combustion you
5: engine. The new electric Harley bike. Now that's going to be July super bike. valuable.
2: That Ooh. first year production Harley electric bike. When you say super valuable, you mean with lot li- with good batteries or dead batteries? But just having that <laughs> bike,
5: possessing that bike, even if you don't ride it being the first year manufactured and
6: distributed I disagree. Be a
2: variable. I disagree.
6: Well, L- Liza, the one thing I agree with mine is if you go forward 40 years, when yeah. people look back yeah. the years like 2018, 2019, 2020 they are going to stick out. We live as in
2: very as, interesting no, times. Um, sure. Just so you know, I only disagree because electric vehicles are disposable. <clears throat> and when the batteries are dead <coughs> it's not going to have a value. Wait, it's wait, not wait, a good point. I this, is, this is
3: almost a, a technical question here yeah what do you what do you think of that terry well
2: well the battery tech is going to continue to get better and better it's going to the bike will be obsolete eventually. it's all electrons why why can't you uh like
3: i I agree wait wait a minute you're you you are a person with a 1978 xs 750 79 79 xs 750
2: but not obsolete
3: because you did what to it you put another front end on it. You put an R1
2: front end but it doesn't on matter, it, but those, radial tires. You, I don't have to. You can you take can do a classic that. bike and so as, you still ride it down the street. So, so Gabe, I know you're, you're, you're not going to take a classic electric bike I know, and I know, we're, I know I where I you're going with this. Still a Harley. If you
6: have, if you yeah. have a 2011 Nissan Leaf mm-hmm. and you drive it and the battery now has half the capacity right. that it did, and those are the, the low-end ones, most of them still have like 70%. I don't think there's any point in replacing that battery. I think just sell that thing as a $4,000 or $3,000 used car and let somebody that only needs a 40 or 50 mile range buy that car for $4,000 and use it. I think think at least right now, it makes more sense to just buy the new vehicle because battery technology is moving so fast. In a couple years... Battery range will be so high that you can actually keep an uh, electric vehicle for 10 or 15 years. It's a great car, and battery technology will be making so much headway that you could actually take your car in, and if it's only got 100 miles range now, and they've got batteries that can swap right in for 300 miles and you got to pay $5,000 to do it because battery wait. cost is coming down too. Right. Battery cost right. used to be up around $1,000 per kilowatt hour. Now it's Tesla now has yet. it at like $120 so, dollars yeah. per kilowatt hour. Wow. Once it gets down to like $50 per kilowatt hour, wait, wait. you'll be able to throw in a new battery and it's like nothing. It, you won't so there's like, not a lot of money what's involved. What's
0: preventing that. people from retrofitting modern batteries in the older because it's cause, all electron, right. cost, it
6: cost per kilowatt hour is still <laughs> high somewhat, but it's coming down drastically and, and every year. A, and
1: there's a lot of work to retrofit a, a gas powered vehicle with an electric. No, no, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about an electric vehicle where
0: the oh. battery is like, like at 50% capacity. What's. Well, it's just preventing somebody just, like,
1: putting new batteries in yeah. there. Just hold the on, hold right on.
2: Bagel, what year is your Vespa you rode here on? Uh, it's a
1: 2007.
2: Great. Knock. what year is your Ninja you rode here? It's an 06. All right. And Henry, what year is your bike? 07. Okay, hold on. Your mic was off.
5: <coughs> it's an right. 07.
2: So hold on. And Jesse, what year is your bike? An 11. Yeah. All right. These are all perfectly good bikes.
6: 10 to 15 years old and we don't have that in the electric Terry, would you
2: touch a 2012 zero right now?
6: I used to ride one seventy-eight thousand miles, mm-hmm. but no, I
2: wouldn't. So that's kind of my point. Yeah, well, is that a two thousand and twelve has become obsolete? This is all whoa, 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 I know, I know. That's hold why we're, we're kind of right. educating him, because he said it would be a collectible. I'm like, what's right. going to be whoa,
0: a collectible hold doorstop? Hold on a second. The technology in motorcycles <clears throat> and internal combustion engines generally are already more mature than electric uh, electric bikes.
6: Right, but the power but trains function. The well, power trains can't. on electric vehicles has progressed so quickly. Right. When you go back even six years on electric motorcycle, the technology is so old. (laughs) Replacing the battery gives you better battery capacity, but everything else is still old technology. Right. So we're getting to a point where it will start to flatten out. But if you got to think about it, electric vehicles really started in, like, like the mid-2000s right. and really didn't start going until 2010. Yeah. And then you had this skyrocket in technology where it's, it ramped up, and now it's starting to curve off where we're at sort of the inflection point where it's going to start to flatten out. And So so a vehicle you buy today will make sense in 10 years to replace right. the battery.
0: What I'm saying is, is there's going to be parity in terms of, like, uh, upgradable technology as far as, like... Uh, uh, when, As far as electric vehicles. I mean, cars are relatively mature for what they are. Tesla
6: just announced a couple weeks ago they're switching from the AC induction motor to a permanent magnet reluctance motor. And this is a huge step for Tesla. Tesla's put out over a million cars already. But this is a big step because it's an increase in efficiency. Twenty years from now, when you look back, you're not gonna want to get anything twenty eighteen or older because you're like, Oh, that was the old, you know, series wound motor that was less efficient. Right? Sure. The, the 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 increases in efficiency are happening quite quickly, but they're ramping off. For zero, you go back in the day, you had a permanent magnet, you know, series motor and now it's AC induction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been AC induction for a while. You wouldn't want one of those older technologies. Well,
1: can and I can I jump in for Okay, that, that? go ahead. Because I, I think Jesse does have a point though. Because when when you look at, at other electric vehicles like like <laughs> Zeros or Nissan Leafs, these were these were the first electric vehicles to come out. Um, the technology was was not very advanced. Even, it was it, testing the market, right? And even just just the basic functionality, especially you know in the early Zeros. I mean, it was very basic. So right. so they're not um, uh, how they weren't refined, right? They were not they're not very, very refined refined bikes or or very. Um, you know, uh, highly developed, right. but when, when Harley's live wire comes out that, that marks a sea change in the company's history. Right, and yeah. that is, that is a huge moment. Um, they're also going to be very expensive, they who knows how many they're actually going to build the first year, so so there's going to be a, a small number that are fairly limited and and not very accessible to a lot of people. So mm. those bikes probably will be worth a lot of money someday, right? As collector, as, I mean, as, as that's collector, right. Right. That's I, 000, I would buy one. Right, as a historical piece, they may not be functional unless <laughs> you do a lot of work to you know put new right. batteries in them and stuff. But that will, some I bet you anything, somebody will that, do that.
3: that. That was that was my point. That yeah. at yeah. some point you're going to be able to buy really inexpensive batteries that'll like extend the range That's and practicality right. and of these Maybe kind of what will be
6: considered antique
2: That was, that was no dig bikes. at Harley-Davidson or the Livewire. Yeah. It's just electric technology. No, you, right. on, the but, east, on
6: the East Coast, if you go to a Hooters on an average bike
1: night, if you shut up on a Livewire, you are the king right now.
2: And, right. and Liza, I guarantee you,
1: in in 2040, there will be hipsters who are going to be rebuilding 2012 Zero S's. Terry
3: will be like, I was into these before anyone. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did you guys hear about yep. the hipster that burned his mouth? What? Yeah, yes. he drank coffee before it was cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are are you a dad?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I <am>. <laughs> <laughs> no. well, I didn't, But you know, I was making the same jokes before.
4: Wasn't
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm um, I'm curious um are there any bikes that you've ever had to review that were maybe lemons? Oh, yeah. Like
3: uh, oh yeah! Oh, Yosung. That's Yosung jumps to mind. How
2: do you say Yosung? I said Hyosung.
3: Well, the Koreans say Yosung. Okay, you you can say however you want.
2: Uh, yeah, that was I think the
3: wasn't it? Uh, I mean, when it comes to Yosung, I think the Yosung people would, as long as you're saying Yosung, they don't care how you pronounce but it.
2: They've been making bikes for a long time and are yeah. still making bikes. Yet yeah.
3: Since the everything
2: 80s. they sent us was crap.
3: They're, uh, they didn't understand the market and they didn't. It's a weird company.
2: So, um, are you guys, is everyone in the room here familiar with the, the Hyosung? hmm. So, the SV2 650 had mm-hmm. kind a of copy,
0: right? Yeah,
2: so they made Although, a bike that was basically like an SV650 it, copy and they had a cruiser. They had like one of everything.
3: Mm-hmm. I, you know, I,
2: I reviewed that SV, that
3: the Yosung GT650. Uh, that was one of my first stories for Motorcycle dot com, and I compared it to an SV six hundred and fifty. And I gotta say, uh, you put the two motors side by side, they really don't share anything. Mm. Mm.
2: It had a lot of potential because these were they came in and these were thousands of dollars less than the Japanese counterparts. Were. But what happened is they had no support, and they I don't think they were made as well. They were heavy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but they were affordable, so Mm -hmm. you gave something up for price. Um, Not many around today. Um,
3: Do you know why? Because the the maintenance requirements on those bikes are actually pretty extreme. Oh, wow! Uh, Not easy to maintain. Uh, Very short valve check intervals on (laughs) that motor. Um, That was something I remember. And I think the owner's manual says something like a thousand miles.
4: Wow, but, man! Yeah,
3: and I'm like, really? And they're like, oh, well, you know, that's not for the U.S. market. And like, you shouldn't do it that often. And
6: I'm like, well, oh, how often? And they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like they, wow, weekend ride, and you got to redo the valve. So yeah, as
2: we already established, so you're a sellout. So did you yes. put a positive spin on it?
3: Well, I. Was, or do you say this I was, bike is shit? I was taught to work to work to you know like the song says, accentuate the positive. You you talk about what you liked about the bike, and mm-hmm. then towards. The end of the story, which no one reads anyway. Um, ah, you talk about the I always like, read every
6: story all the way through.
3: Yeah, you know, like this bike. Overall, this bike was pretty good. It looks great and has great performance. Of course, the it threw a rod towards the end of our test, <laughs> but it was covered under warranty, so it's okay.
2: So I'm curious, as somebody who's reviewed a lot of bikes, um, in general, uh, we know to uh, avoid Chinese-made bikes. And I want to get your take on it, because you've written some of the Chinese-made bikes. I, you know, I agree as a generality, but, you know, the
3: market changes, and the market is changing. And all of I don't know if all of us here have one of these in our pockets, mm-hmm. an iPhone, mm-hmm. right? No, it's not yours, charger.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, I don't... I, right? But, I mean, this... This this is a pretty good piece of equipment. Right, like this yeah. thing's pretty well made, pretty well designed. Yeah, and I mean, this mine is like four years old and it works great. So I think the Chinese can make very very high quality things. Um, the difference is is who's supporting that product, who designed that product, who marketed that product.
6: My friend Luke, who's one of the battery engineers at Zero, and you you know, well, he's not anymore. But he used to tell me when. When American companies want the Chinese to manufacture something, they'll manufacture it at a good quality. And then the American producers go back and yeah. say, okay, this is great, but we need this at a 20% right. lower right. cost. And so what the, happens is they take like a 20 gauge wire and they start making it like a 24 gauge wire and eventually like a 26 gauge wire. And right. eventually the stuff fails. But it's not because <laughs> they wanted to design it bad. Right. It's because the American manufacturers keep saying, how can you reduce this cost yeah. more? How can you reduce this cost more? So well you
3: know. I think there's so, also some cynicism on part of, of Chinese companies.
2: Have there been any Chinese made bikes that you've liked?
3: Um Well, yeah. How about the BMW G six fifty, the oh, single? Well, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and and I got to say the the stuff that comes out of Taiwan as mm-hmm. opposed to mainland China, or or the stuff that comes out of mainland China through Taiwanese companies is really high quality. Yeah, and is uh, like uh, Kimkos, for mm-hmm. instance. Yeah, those are those are Chinese made and probably at this point mostly mainland Chinese componentry, and that's a very durable high quality well engineered you know well designed product
2: and you're going to be reviewing soon another bike
3: yeah genuine yeah uh, oh, it yes. wants me to ride the uh, new genuine uh g400c mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is a really cool bike you should google it right now
4: yeah um,
3: <laughs> it's a great looking bike um it's a so china the uh the chinese company that genuine is uh, make, that is making this mm-hmm. bike for genuine. They have been I can't, Yang. I don't want to say that I'll screw it up. Oh. If I can't remember the name of the company, shouldn't say it anyway. But uh, they have been license building um, the Honda. Uh, it's basically the XR 400 motor. I think mm-hmm. they call it oh, wow. CB 400 SS. Wow, maybe mm-hmm. okay
2: uh, overseas. Yeah, Phil and the guys are loving these bikes. He's selling it's them. Pretty cool. Yeah.
3: So what you get is like this classic kind of. 60s, 70s, 400cc single. It's about 27 horsepower, mm-hmm. 22 or 23 foot-pounds of torque. Thing weighs 350 pounds. Steel mm-hmm. fenders, steel side covers. Like it looks and really cool. Uh, aluminum wheels, uh, spokes. Um, I mean, it looks it looks the business.
1: And is it is
3: it fuel injected? And it's fuel injected. Yeah. They've got the Delphi fuel injection. They made yeah. it. Uh, genuine makes a big deal out of that because yeah. it Electron- used to be. Uh, Different, uh, it used to be Siemens. It didn't ah, work okay. out as well. Yeah. And I think because people would just giggle too much when they heard the name of the company. <laughs>
4: um.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm hoping that this is one of the breakthrough bikes. I think everyone can agree. We for all say January. don't buy Chinese, but we're all waiting for the ones to get it right. Because now we're looking at a whole new price point.
3: I think people might be surprised that they've it's possible there's people listening to this podcast that have been riding Chinese built motorcycles for years and not really been aware of it I think it depends uh you know, And especially when you consider like percentage of componentry, I mean, I'm guessing all the big Japanese manufacturers have the majority of their parts made in China and then assembled in Japan.
2: So, do we need to stop saying Chinese made and say budget made? Because it's really, I mean, you get what you pay for. These are bikes coming in at a budget. We're not talking about piece of shit Chinese $20,000 bikes. Well, you don't
0: associate like the cultural Chinese with it. Like it's, these, yeah, like you said, they're built to a price point. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not because the Chinese don't know how to make good shit. I, I wouldn't be surprised you know?
3: if a good portion of the BMW S1000RR and that whole range yep. is, is built in
4: China.
2: Yep. So they're building to a price point, and I think a lot of companies are afraid to mar their name by building right. shit, but the Chinese companies don't seem to be afraid, and they're trying to go for that price point. And we do know, like Jeremy and his cheap piece of shit Chinese scooter that's still going. Well, it's just. Yeah. Every now and then somebody wins. Yep. But then we also know we've seen scooters in here with 800 miles and are right obsolete. You know. Yeah. So that
3: and that's about factory support. I just had to send back a vacuum sealer that I bought on Amazon (laughs) because I couldn't find the manufacturer. It was like Gurion, and I'm like, "Where is Gurion?" I'm like Googling Gurion, and just goes right back to Amazon. Uh You know, like there is no Gurion. It's just someone bringing in these. You know, they're like, "Give me, I need ten containers of vacuum sealers." Yeah. And there's no, and you know, one little tab broke, and it was out of warranty, but it was actually still in warranty. But there's no one to contact. Wow. So that I think that's the same with a lot of these scooters. Like these Chinese-made scooters got this. Reputation for unreliability in the uh during that scooter boom in the early 2000s, mm, where yeah. guys were just importing containers. They'd import 10 containers of scooters. They'd sell them on eBay for like
6: 350 dollars yeah. shipped. Right? And, and yeah. if 10 well, percent of them broke, nobody cared because well, you're
1: buying <laughs> them so cheap. It was about more than 10 percent though, because it, it wasn't. It wasn't just yeah. that there wasn't support there for them. Like the, the metal, the, the metallurgy they used was was horrible in a lot of cases. Like you would have, yeah. you know, like axle bolts. Sh- uh, or a- axle, uh, axle shearing and stuff like that. Yeah, one of
3: the, one of these bikes. I said I looked at the sticker on the side. It said, uh, c- "Component origins, 10% fried
2: ramen noodles." <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I don't see oh, that no. So, as somebody who's had access to some of the best bikes ever, I'm guessing that you've developed quite a taste for fine, <laughs> fine moto culture. And I'm curious. What bike do you ride? Uh,
3: I have a I have, this, I have an EBR 1190 SX. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's mm. a cool bike. There's yeah, I know there's there's the 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 model number is the number of bikes they made. Mm, in wow. In this case.
2: And why didn't you ride it here today?
3: Well, I'm an Uber driver, so I would just like took trips on my destination filter down here. Got to make a I living. I thought it had something to do with the turn signals. Oh no no, the tur- the turn I got the turn signals to work. Oh okay yeah. good. Yeah yeah, can I give a shout out to my mechanic? Yeah. Yeah, uh uh Todd Chamberlain. Who was a uh, development engineer at uh, Victory? Mm. Uh, he has a little company in Oakland called Naked Moto, and he does customization work and electrical work in this case. and And he was able to figure out my turn signals and get them working. Cool. Yeah.
2: So, um, as a Buell owner, do you have any issues getting parts for that? EBR Buell, you might have. Well, Buell, I think will be
3: supported till next year. Okay. At Harley mm. dealers. Oh wow. Um but uh, EBR was, when EBR went bankrupt Mm. a few years ago, Um, a a liquidation company uh, that specializes in uh, uh, automotive suppliers, uh, Liquid Assets Partnership, they bought EBR, and to their credit, they didn't just flush it all down the toilet. They kept it running. There's employee, you call EBR, and uh, and a very nice lady named Kim answers the phone and she takes your parts orders and then you know a week later you get a box from EBR and and you got yes. your parts i think they have 95% of the pi- bar- the parts in stock and in fact they will assemble you an 1190 RX or SX uh, uh, custom ordered for about $18,000 wow yep mm. i just saw on all the assembled by the same guy probably, <laughs> probably i know that my bike was assembled by temp
1: workers Wow, really? yes,
3: huh. I was told that by a e- former EBR um, engineer. oh my God
2: I think assembled by temp workers on a Friday afternoon is probably the worst. <laughs>
3: yep, I think you're probably right because the my first ride on that bike, I was thirty miles down the highway, the fender fell off.
4: Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my job yeah <laughs> Looks good Dang. for my house, but but that bike is fast and it's light and yeah. it handles like you wouldn't believe the handling's just really great on that bike if you're used to buell's if you've ridden an xb9 yeah. um and you know how like kind of lightning how 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 compact and quick steering it feels yeah it feels that way except it has 150 horsepower
0: that sounds fun, wow. yeah, it sounds fun. it's yeah it's,
3: it's it's really like 150 horsepower sv650 <clears throat> nice mm. wow yeah but i'm
2: so, just well i'm just waiting for it to explode one more <laughs> one more question for you it's the question yeah And again, we're going back to this fine taste you've developed. Yeah, I'm wondering (laughs) what is your up the butt bite. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I well, who who
3: who's going to be doing the up the butt part? Because you know, that's this is uh, negotiable. Okay, well, um, I um, because I might do it for a scooter. But, oh, um, I'll give you the pick of the room. How about that? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is going to be a very expensive motorcycle. <laughs> but uh, I got a chance to ride a uh, hand-built, they're all hand-built, but NCR Super Ligera. Oh, and this did, is about oh, ten years what? ago. Those, yeah, those guys make some sweet. Yeah, bikes. the owner lives in Sonoma, and he was down. I do the Sunday morning ride in West Marin, mm-hmm. and he was down there. And I'm like, I've read about this bike. This is amazing. He says, Do you want to ride it? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, when someone hands you a hundred fifty thousand dollar hand built, yeah. unreplaceable, incredibly beautiful motorcycle, it's I guess a, I should describe what uh, it is, right? Yeah. What's the platform on that NCR? The, well, they they took the cases from a uh, air cooled, you know, two valve. Uh, 900 motor oh shit or, I'm sorry yeah. 1 1 uh, 1100 motor okay and everything else is handmade by NCR. Wow. It's everything. the
0: one with the titanium frame and all that. Titanium
3: thing. frame, titanium yeah. ladder frame. I mean, uh, it kind of looks like a Ducati from ten feet away. Right. But you get closer, and you're like, this is no Ducati. Right. Like, maybe tires.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you're you're up there with that uh, choice because lots of people that say the uh, yeah, that's it. up the butt bike, they'd be like, oh, a Lightning, this or whatever s 1000 r They're yeah. talking about twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand dollar bikes, and you now just mentioned a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bike. So at least at least you, at least you have standards. I don't, I, don't, I don't know the price you've placed on your butthole. Terry.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> but I could buy
3: a salvage title s 1000 r for about four thousand yeah. dollars.
2: <laughs> I've I've not seen that bike. It's a hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollar supermoto. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a butt-worthy bike. That yeah, thing that, was, it, it I was kick-ass. Uh, just unbelievable. And then, but I couldn't ride it,
3: like, you know. like <laughs> well, you I, to, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't ride it like I wanted to, but yeah, you know, it right. definitely felt like this thing, because they built that bike to weigh under 300 pounds with gas. That's wow. insane. And make about 115 horsepower at the Ooh, wheel. Wow. That's like
0: GP bike territory. Wow. Man. how mm-hmm. yeah. better Wait, than that, Wait, you said huh? this. Oh, it's lighter. Well, 115.
3: It's even 100. lighter. Oh,
0: 115. You, you, know, okay. you
5: said this guy was up in
3: Sonoma or something like that? He lives up there, yeah. Okay. And, and this guy was a you know he was a retired executive and um but he was a flat track racer when he was you know huh. when he was younger mm. and so he wanted something that was like a flat track bike i actually yeah. think mm-hmm.
5: i saw this bike for sale on craigslist a while back yeah it, yeah it was an definitely an ncr Ducati. i think he was asking like 50 <coughs> or wow. something like that it was 50
3: yeah. uh, it was the
6: super ligero it was the super yeah, Moro yeah. style <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. It was knockoff from Nigeria. Don't buy it. It was
3: yeah. It. <laughs> right. It was twenty five hundred dollars. But I'm going to mail you. I'm going to send you a money order for five thousand. You yeah, send me back yeah. the 100, change. One hundred fifty thousand. Then I'll ship bike. you the bike.
2: <laughs> yeah. So for people who want to follow you. Oh yeah. How do they read some of your articles? Uh, well, you can catch me on Twitter at, at
3: @getshokin. G E T S H O K I N. I tweet out whenever I. Uh, whenever oh, something comes Getshoken. out. Getshokin. Yeah. Oh, we
2: can get, we can get
3: to a nickname of that. Okay, get smoking. We, how about get smoking?
2: Can we call yeah. you Hulk Hogan?
3: Hulk, if you
6: want. It doesn't make any sense. Come on, that one yeah. works, so, right? Oh, 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 hold on, Liza. How long you been following Gabe for? A uh, week yeah. or two. Uh, okay. maybe? So, so I've been following Gabe for for seven years. Oh yeah, so like, kind. Well, well, yeah, because you used to used to oh, okay. run City Bike, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Like, I, the, yeah. I think. City bike didn't get delivered too well in Santa Cruz. I don't know if it did. I we know. did.
3: We brought it down here. We brought yeah, it to, it to uh, Moore yeah. Sons.
6: yeah, to more mm-hmm. and sons and yeah, a couple days. So, so you didn't what's the didn't gear s- shop down you didn't s- Um, I know what you're talking yeah. about I can't remember the name. Oh, we yeah. all right. You didn't yeah, we yes. all right? Yes. yes, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh,
3: you didn't start
6: city bike did no. you? No.
3: No, uh, uh Brian Halton did in 1984. Okay, and you Damn. you and took it over it from,
6: well, uh, my partner and I bought it from him in in like what 2010? T- 2010, yeah. 2010. Yeah. And then you ran it until 2014 or 2015? Till 2014, yeah. 2014. Mm-hmm. And so you guys delivered to like what 400 locations or something like that? So, uh like 100 over two hundred. Okay, okay, over okay. two hundred. I know you delivered to zero a couple places in Scotts Valley, but yeah, you, th- would, you think the yeah. the print market just sort of fell. On its butt the last couple of years, you
3: know, much. we 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 actually doubled or tripled our print circulation. Like that was, and we were we were tracking how many. That just to explain to your listeners, mm-hmm. City Bike was a regional magazine that we would distribute at motorcycle shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so people would take it; it was free, and people would take it. And we would actually go and when we replaced the the new issue,
6: uh, we would count how many of the old ones were left. So we uh, I remember, that people, I remember people that were in the motorcycle industry were trying to advertise that because they knew the circulation was high. You know, so yeah. I thought it was it was it was. Great great i just wish you know the internet took over too quickly otherwise it would have gone on for much much longer i think
2: damn that internet
6: well hmm. yeah.
2: um terry yes you came in here saying you had a story oh yeah
6: yes so the last two hours i've been on the phone with the uh the santa cruz police department okay. Okay. oh no yes that's never good well there apparently is. This is my third encounter with this individual. Happened tonight. Oh, no. he's oh, riding yeah, down Westcliff Drive, he he's like either a method or a crackhead or something. Oh, but no. he uh, he severely does not like the fact that I ride with a dog on my motorcycle. Oh God! And he, tonight, like he's all he's not a rational person, so you can't really talk to him well. He came up to me tonight and he starts screaming at me at the lighthouse. I'm giving Charger some water and he says, you know. I've told you before, you shouldn't ride your dog on that motorcycle, and now you're going to pay for it. Uh And I'm like... Listen, man. I told you before, it's illegal to ride a dog on a motorcycle. If you got any complaints, just call the police. They're like, no, no. I've warned you. This is the fourth time I've seen you. Oh and you did not listen to me. And he he pushed me down, and he was about to start oh like kicking. He's, like, he's like, he's not he that. He assaulted cold. you. He did. And that uh, there are plenty of people that like. There must have been twenty people at the lighthouse on the phone with the police right when he was doing this. Wow. And And uh, luckily, a couple guys got in there, backed him up. I got to stand up, and I said, "Listen, man, just get out of here." He, I said, I'm calling the police right now. I took out my phone. Everybody else has already called him. Got in his car, and there were around five o'clock this afternoon. There were so many people in cars on West Cliff. There was like three cars trying to get out of the lighthouse parking lot, so he couldn't get out. Like when I said I was calling, so he drove over the grass. Oh about God. ran like three little kids over on bicycles because oh, literally, sun, wow. Yeah, and he just tore out of there. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there was like two or three people that took Snapchats of his. Uh, license plate so oh, we got it crap so anyway the cops arrested him apparently he had like nine outstanding warrants surprise surprise yeah he's got a lot of aggressive behavior apparently but uh jesus the problem is he told me he says if i ever see you again riding Whoa. with that dog I, said, yeah. I will i'm going to kill you and i was like that kind of freaked me out so yeah once okay, i got there. once i got home i called the 911 again i said listen what am i supposed to do about this guy?" It's like well you didn't you didn't say you didn't say you wanted to press charges it's like and I said, well, if I press charges against the guy, he's just going to have a bigger vendetta against me, and that's what I don't want to have.
2: Sounds like he's got nine charges on him already. <laughs>
6: yeah, hopefully he'll be in jail for a little while. But anyway, uh, I got the, at least I got the case number, so if this ever happens again, I can call whatever but uh there's some guy apparently he he thinks he's doing god's good work he thinks that the dog does not like riding on the motorcycle because he said something to me it's like it's like listen my dog it's legal to ride the dog on a bike my dog loves riding bikes. like well that's what you think why don't you ask the dog it's like let me teach you what that dog thinks oh, and i was Jesus. like wow. i know so uh so that's what i've been dealing with i actually sorry man that's okay wow. i got over with this about a, an hour ago i actually went home and Right away, I just went and got a six-pack. I was like, let me figure out how to deal with this. I started drinking. called one of my cop friends who uh, works for the Santa Cruz Police Department. She doesn't work again until Tuesday. And she said, Terry, let me come over. We'll let's talk about this. Let's figure out who this guy is, how much of a threat he is. And then Gabe texted me, and he said, hey, I'm over at the podcast. So I was huh? like, okay, well, let me come over.
2: If you can uh, get his address, we'll send Jesse over to have a mm-hmm. talk
6: with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the cops that arrested him, they apparently went back to him and said, hey, listen, the guy on the motorcycle, it's legal to ride a dog. Do you have any beef with him? He said, no, I don't have any beef with him. And the cop said that to me. It's like, listen, he's telling you that, but this guy has literally told me next time he sees me he's going to run me off the road or, yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. And I'm just worried about driving around Santa Cruz. Like, if this guy's out there again, like, I'm vulnerable on a motorcycle. Like, anybody. Like, like, this is a conversation we can all accept and understand. If you've got some nut job out there and he pinpoints you, if he wants to hurt you... On a motorcycle, what can you do? You're very
2: vulnerable. Well, Terry, I'm going to give you some advice. And this is something that I do, and it works every time. Okay. Kick Mm -hmm. him in the nuts and run. He's in his car going the other way. I'm on my bike.
6: What do I do? Ball bearings. You know, like, ball I'm not bearings worried. I'm not, he came up to me tonight at the, the the lighthouse, but what am I supposed to do the next yeah. time he's going down Mission Street and so, he's, he's all cracked out or whatever he's on, meth or whatever, and he decides he just wants to, he may not even hit me, but he may swerve into my lane to drive me to fly off the yeah, curb. Yeah, I got nothing for that. Well, I I,
3: I, Terry, I, seriously, when the, so the police, this because this, I was assaulted by one of my passengers, so uh, the police, when the police finish their investigation, they're going to make a recommendation to the DA. And right. At that point, um, then you have to, then it's the police are done with it, and you have to call the Santa Cruz DA and call them and call them and call them and call them, and call them and remind them of the law and remind them that, that
6: L- Luckily, I've got a good friend who's a, who's a cop who's just going to come visit me on Tuesday when yeah. she works and we're going to figure out how to do this. I didn't file a report against the guy. I should have filed an assault report, I guess, but I just don't want the guy... Getting even a bigger vendetta against me, yeah. You know, like it's it's a tough situation. I'm, as motorcyclists, we're vulnerable out there. You know, what do you do?
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm sorry you went through that, man.
6: That's okay.
4: Yeah.
2: And Maybe you should get an attack dog next time.
6: <laughs> Charger Charger went up to lick him the last time he assaulted me, wow. and and he he said, "I've got a thousand dollars damage to my car because your dog jumped on my door to lick oh. me." And I I, oh. I actually went yeah, up to his door and I said, "Listen, I don't see anything here." she saw you talking to me, so she thought you were friends with me. She just jumped on your car window to say hi to you. If you want me to pay you something, like, well, but I don't see any damage to your car. Let's call the police. And he said, no, 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 we're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. But then tonight when he came out, I said, you caused $1,000 damage to my car. I'm gonna kick your ass and dog. Like, uh, it's tough.
2: A friend of mine um, got, uh, I believe, assaulted. Uh, they got assaulted in their home. And they got a dog, that, and you can take it to the police and have it trained to attack so they feel much more secure but they've now gone through three couches so far (laughs) well
0: then yeah
2: (laughs) true story so um i wanted to get to some emails because we got some good questions out there Mm -hmm. i have one and uh this is from uh says hello misfits the name's tater that's what everyone calls me. Nice. Do you like Do you like that one game, Tater? Not so much. You kind of remind me of a tater tot. <laughs> exactly.
0: Loken. Wait, what's that got to do with anything?
2: He looking for a good nickname. He didn't like Hulk. I think gummy. Does he look like a tater tot? <laughs> <laughs> what, does, what does a tater tot look well, like? Tan? They're, they're small. And greasy?
3: I'm small. Oh, Okay. And a little greasy. <laughs> there
2: you go. And crispy. Yeah. And he says he says he's looking for some custom bike building advice Mm. well you've come to the right place
0: or not (laughs)
2: <laughs> it says, I know that this process is probably different builder to builder, and that being so, when building a custom bike, do you reuse the factory harness of the original donor bike and change, eliminate what is needed, or do you rewire the bike from scratch once you've completed mock-up and paint?
6: I've got a great I'm
2: curious to know the process or processes that each of you might take.
6: If Depends on the bike. If you're building the bike and you reuse the old harness and everything reaches... Keep the old harness. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the stuff that doesn't reach. If you're building the bike and you've extended something and part of the stuff doesn't reach, once you get to that point where you've got to cut a certain number of wires and, and redo them, and and you're not using the other half, then then go rebuild a whole new harness. But otherwise, keep the keep the original.
2: Yeah, I, I'm gonna. What agree. bike was it? Um, it doesn't say.
4: Mm.
2: I'm gonna agree. Um, it depends. Like if it's a Japanese bike. And a lot of times you're pulling things off. Like, I know on a lot of my custom bikes, I'm taking turn signals and all that off. But stick with the the stock one. It's it's yeah. all in there. Not to mention it's all, like, curved to where it needs to be and all right. that. Um, but then on when I built my custom... Um, my custom there w- there was no wiring harness to buy and that was yeah. custom made build it because you do as you say you have things in stretch places and this and that um, you need a- and some of it I was running through the frame and through the handlebars because on a true custom bike if you want to um, hide as much of that, You may be running wiring, but it does get pretty complicated.
6: I have a uh, a 2015 Zero out back that is literally twice the length of a normal Zero. (laughs) The back end is extended out three and a half feet. The front end is extended two feet. And the only two things I had to extend was the brake and tail light, and that was three wires, and the headlight and high beam, and that was also three wires. So I just took the stock harness and I extended six wires. To make a bike six feet longer,
2: so yeah, it depends. But (laughs) (laughs) but on other bikes I've built that were like my seventy three cafe racer Honda CB seven fifty, you don't want to leave old wiring on there because that can be a problem. Corrode. So in that case, I bought a new wiring harness for that custom bill was yeah. that an
0: OEM one or is it, it just like it was memory.
2: not an oem yeah it was an aftermarket one kind of like what james just bought for yep. his cb550 yeah, didn't today? we have a bike today that yep. got a new harness yep. put on it cb550 i yep. think it was like 80 bucks so um in those cases if it's a bike of a certain age you want to start new if it's affordable yeah. um sometimes uh, but
6: buying a new harness is just basically replacing the same exact harness I think mm-hmm. this guy's asking yeah. about building a harness from scratch. Well, but perhaps. it
2: depends. It, yeah. it, as you said, if you're stretching a lot and uh, you know, cutting a lot of stuff, and it, uh, like I said, or, if you're hiding a lot of electrical, it all depends. However, it is extremely difficult to build a wiring harness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if I it's mean,
6: super custom and all you're doing is having a starter and like a headlight, like you don't need a lot of wiring. You don't have a you know rectifier, rectifier regulator. You know, or all, well, if you and, don't have any of that stuff, then sure, build your own harness. But the more stuff. You add into it, then it's going to become more complicated.
1: Yeah, and and with with a factory wiring harness, you have all the connectors that are that are that are, that are, that are terminated properly. Uh, they've got good contacts you know, good contacts everywhere. Uh, when you're building it yourself, you know, you're introducing a lot of uh, potential points of failure into that harness where every crimp is, you know, because if, if it crimps just off a little bit, or if it's not making good contact, you know, it's going to introduce corrosion later on, or it's yeah. going to slip out, and it's going to here, here in Santa Cruz. It's even it right. 12 volts. If you have 12 volts, even like you know quarter inch apart,
6: and you get rainwater in there, if it's not a sealed connection, and you've got you know water ingress in there with salt in it, yep. you're gonna get corrosion. You well. Know?
0: Yeah. Uh, my XR, uh, it was a hybrid of both. It was I used some parts of it that were you know OEM for you know the uh, the CDI and and whatever, and then like I ran my own lighting wiring package. You know, and you could do that if you wanted to upgrade to thicker wires or whatever. So yeah, it's it's on a case by case basis, I guess. There you go. I mean, yeah, some bikes are known to have weak wiring harnesses. Maybe you might want to you know that's true too fix it so.
2: All right. Bagel. What do you got there?
1: Uh, I have an email titled Shovelhead. Mm. And this is from Jerry Ingraldi.
2: We are all looking at the Harley writer in the room, hoping he can answer the, whatever <laughs> question it is. Almost. And uh, Jerry
1: writes, hello, misfits. Actually, I guess this is for Brian. <laughs> so it's from uh, Brian from Colorado again. Hey, Brian. It says, on to why I am writing this time. Okay. Uh, Miss Emma, I was catching back up on, uh, on ma'am and heard you... G- M&M. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, heard you want a mid-70s Harley. Oh, right. And received a little uh, grief about it being an AMF. <laughs> Just a little FYI, AMF actually made the shovel head engine better. Harley designed that engine before selling the company to AMF, and those early shovels are not super reliable. But by the mid-70s, AMF did a lot of R&D to fix problems with that engine before they designed the Evo motor, which is the motor that people think saved Harley in the 90s, but it was developed by AMF. Hmm. Didn't know if anyone knew any of that and wanted to impart a little knowledge out there. Uh, otherwise, I don't have any new updates on any of my builds, except I'm thinking about doing a split rocker on my 1970 shovel head when I start building it. And I recently picked up a four-over girder front end for my shovel. Thank nice. You, thank you again for making my drive every Tuesday, which is the start of my week better. Always your friend in Colorado, Brian. I'm a smart guy, but all that was foreign to me.
2: I had a, I had a six-over girder um, springer on my that chopper. sexy. I had yeah, I know. Are there websites line? for that? Yeah.
5: That Was a shovel head that was one of the first years AMF and they were just introducing an electric start when I got it, it already had a kickstart reinstalled, so oh, they're wow. pretty notorious. The old shovel
6: heads. Mm -hmm. The old shovel heads are pretty notorious. Oh, you sound a lot better now when you're talking to Mike. Yeah, I know. Sounded sound like Barry I can't believe nobody gave you the small penis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Knock, what you got there?
0: All right, this one's from uh, Mike Olson. It's called Bike for My Son.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, This is an interesting one. Uh, Hello, Misfits. I'm getting ready to buy a new bike for myself and the wife, and I decided to hang on to my old bike. Which is a sportster for my son so he can have it when he gets his license. My son Colby always loved cruisers until recently. He now wants a sport bike. Well then. uh, I'm a little nervous about letting him get on the sport bike at that age. I had one when I was 18 and I know I had little control over my testosterone. Uh, I'm lucky I'm still alive. Anyways, I showed Colby the Ninja 250 and he loved it. There you go. And Mm -hmm. after doing some research, he actually and actually finding out what oh excuse me i'm losing my lines here and actually finding that they are similar in speed and acceleration i thought it'd be okay to start them out on that uh posted a link here um so you find some info comparing the two bikes so what do we think what do you guys think uh would that be a good starter sport bike or testosterone-filled teenager.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. so did I did I mention I was a MSF rider coach and CMSP oh, instructor also? No. I, I remember well, that. So get some more story. I, I put a lot like. of thought into that first bike question. You know, yeah. Yeah. and I would and I would always say lighter, smaller, cheaper is always the better choice. Right. Yeah. right.
0: Yep. Yeah. So it continues to say, "Yeah, uh, thanks. I love the podcast." About halfway through the old ones, uh, listen to new ones on Monday and. Um, uh, yeah, and he plans to ride up and visit us this summer, so. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Keep up the kick-ass podcast, he
3: <laughs> says. Because Ninja 250s are free. Yeah. yeah. They're basically free. You put up the $1,500 to
1: yeah. get one with no fairing. Yeah. You ride it for a year, and then you, you sell the, it for 1500
2: Get your deposit back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, nope. and make sure make sure he takes the, the writer, basic rider course. Yep. Uh, make sure he's got good gear and uh, knows to wear it. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and tell him, you know, don't, don't kill yourself, but have fun yeah
2: there you go yeah,
0: yeah. good
1: luck
2: and I I was surprised um, when remember when Donut had his Ninja 250 oh yeah and mm-hmm. it had it here for a while and I snuck it out to go ride so fun i was actually really surprised uh how fast it could go Mm -hmm. this is after years of me making fun of ninja 250 riders.
6: 94 miles an hour with a scream i I, that's what i raced for six seasons yeah
2: wow well racetrack is completely different i don't make fun of people on a ninja 250 on the racetrack because that makes sense Yeah. yeah great affordable bike lots of parts great um no, it, the thing I think the reason I make fun of people is the Ninja Two Fifty's. No, you get a lot of um, new riders who want to ride a sport bike, mm-hmm. and they choose a Ninja Two Fifty, which really isn't a sport bike. You can ride it, it, It's modeled. Way. It looks like it, and and you can ride it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But it really isn't a sport bike. It's a great small displacement bike. It's great for many different reasons. It's bulletproof. Try and kill one. Oh man! Oh,
6: I, I I've had, killed one. I've killed two. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I blew up. I blew up a piston in one, but I had three ninja two fifties. Had rode those for like <laughs> about eight years before I got a my my next couple six hundreds, and then finally my R ones. But I I love those two fifties. They were great, you know. But it, but if you ride them hard, fast, like it, it like I wrote, I was in North Carolina, and I rode from like Raleigh, Durham to like Greensboro. Full tilt, not full tilt. Full tilt is 94 miles an hour, but uh, like 80-some miles an hour, and I blew a hole through one of my pistons because it overheated and uh, punched a hole in one. But you're usually pretty reliable. You know?
2: Speaking of full tilt, I got my CRF up to 76 when I was tucking. <laughs> wow I had to you get? tuck. And uh, Jim was following me, and he saw me tucking. And went, screw that shit. (laughs) He just got over in the right lane. But um, no, I actually caught up to the car in front of me and couldn't keep going. But I was like, I wonder how fast I can get this. (laughs) And I know that me in a full tuck is probably, I just put my head down about three inches. Yeah. yeah. But it made a difference. Yeah, sure. It does. does. Wind resistance is powerful. And that thing feels stable. You know, I will say, um, the only thing, though, is... It can ride on the freeway comfortably, but second gear going uphill was lacking.
6: Oh, it was we- Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Poor, poor Liza's been like sneezing out tonight. She's reaching for another Ricola as we speak. I
2: know. I know. So. But, um, knock, I'm going to get to really uh, put it through the tests next weekend.
0: Well, yes. So are we, what are we doing?
2: We're going on a three day adventure ride.
0: Adventure. <laughs> three days we Will have to bring a tent?
2: Oh, yeah. Remind me. Let's make sure you fit in my tent. The last time I borrowed a tent from somebody and they gave me their son's tent. It was tent, a kid's tent. And it was a kid's tent. And my legs hung well, out stuck like out three feet. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're going to be going down to Carrizo Plains. This is the Moto Bird Adventure sponsored by Law Tigers. And mm. Mike, Nock, and I are going to go down there. Mm. Three days of camping and riding. Yeah,
0: I got to. Yeah, i got to swap out my uh, <laughs> my sport bike tires with those uh, TKC 80s on on the XR.
2: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bagel, you're going to be hosting your own podcast.
1: Nice. Yeah. I'm uh, not sure what the hell I'm going to be doing, but uh, <laughs> You'll figure I'll be it doing out. something. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Well,
2: I'm hoping it's going to be a scooter cast because we don't yeah. do scooter casts.
1: Yeah, I'm working on getting some people in here to scoot, scoot. talk about scooters. And And that's why
2: uh, I always like to introduce Bagel as our extreme scooterist.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty extreme.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, Knock, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Award winning Mike is coming, and he is bringing all the creature comforts. He's bringing his generator. Oh, the portable shower (laughs) and like all the things.
0: Goddamn guitar.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes, there will be guitar playing but a bunch of people that we've met recently um, are going to be there Um, I'm really looking forward to it
1: yeah, sweet.
2: And it's going to be in the super bloom, and I'm going to take the KLR and the CRS. So
0: what's the deal? We go down there, and there's base camp, and then we could just like trail off and do whatever the heck we want. Like,
2: yeah, apparently there's well, different trails for keep, different uh, levels. Yeah, just wow. keep on
1: the trails though, please. Yeah, there's a lot of people have been trashing the place down there. Yeah, yeah. So
2: we'll have a report on that the week after. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to thank in advance. Uh, Henry has volunteered to run the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, Stepping and I up, think, my dude. Cat is going to come down and and hang out with you, too. Okay.
5: So, yeah, shade tree mechanics.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Speaking Speaking of cat... Yeah. You see the new basket case? Oh. It's a running are you talking bas- about porn pick of the
2: week? I saw that. Oh. oh so <coughs> it's a running enough.
0: basket case now though.
2: Mhm. No, we're talking about two different things. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, Henry. Basket case magazine.
2: Basket case magazine featuring our own cat. Ah. Okay. On the inside, uh, check out Basket Case Magazine. Indeed. And some cool looking Bikes. <laughs> Two. Melon. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Henry, we got one out in the garage. You can take a look. So, um, Gabe, I wanted to thank you for coming down. This was so fun. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, come hey, by any time
6: so, if you're so, bored. Whatever, man. The question I had. Gabe, how did oh. you decide to come down that night? Oh, uh, uh, I was interviewing Liza
3: for
2: a story for yeah. for the... Um, For Twisted Roads? Oh great. And I said, Ooh, this sounds like I've never interviewed a journalist, a moto journalist. Like I wanna know how cool is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, we've had, we've had motor
6: Journal see before. Well,
2: we? laws, but we didn't talk about doing the job. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and how, how the fantasy life that they're living. <laughs> or so at, I think. At, at four o'clock today, I did not hear, know you were coming. Just to let you know, <laughs> I, I don't tell everyone.
1: It's a surprise.
6: I secret. know.
2: Um, but yeah, I wanted to thank you for coming down. Let me ask you this, as a journalist, and we know, would you say print is dying? Print is changing, but not okay, dying. Okay. It'll never, it'll never
3: die, but it's it's changing and and probably is not what it was. There what,
2: will
6: be people that want to take poops that don't want to take their iPad to the bathroom.
2: Yeah. What do you think about podcasting?
3: I, I love podcasting, I, I, and I and I'm very surprised at how
2: it has exploded. But I think it's a great medium. Is this the first podcast you've been on? It's not the first, but one of the first. Would you like it to be the next podcast you're on? Sure, I'd love to come back. We would love to have you down any time. Yeah, come and share reviews, stories. Um, think of this as your Audible journalism. Yeah, yeah. There must be a word for that, right? We'll
0: give you a platform. I'll, I'll, I'll tell, tell you, if you if Ga- Gabe, yeah.
2: Gabe goes way back. As soon as
6: he rides the uh, the new Zero SRF, get him back right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that not if I ride it first.
6: Well, you guys can both talk about it together. Oh, then,
3: oh actually, uh, Paul James at Harley Davidson invited me to ride the Live Wire. Okay, Ooh. now that
2: yeah. is what we, we can talk we about. We should we should do that too. Yep. Wow, I think it is a very good looking bike. I do too. I can't wait to ride it. If it I wasn't thirty thousand, I, I don't think the math is there. But hey, Jesse's ready to pop down on that collector's <laughs> item. I'd ride it. <laughs> oh, I'd ride it, just not in ten years. Right.
6: Now, I'd ride it. I just don't want to pay thirty thousand for it. Okay. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah.
2: So yeah, thank you again for coming. I'd love to have you down if you do have a, a good story you'd like to share. Um, you seem very comfortable behind the mic. I, I like it here. Gabe, yeah. it's a Gabe's nice couch.
6: Gabe's been thank doing this for a long ass time. He is he's seasoned. That's all I gotta say. Yeah.
2: Exactly. You <laughs> fit right in. And the rule is if you come twice, you're officially a misfit. Yeah. Okay. Jesse. Did I become a misfit? You're a misfit right. now. Yeah. We so gotta, congratulations. So we
0: got to order more decoder rings, man.
2: Exactly. <laughs> we ran out of exactly. This. I'm honored. Exactly. Wow. Well, One. good news is we're going to end the show in, in a second here. We'll go outside, and uh, Jesse will do your initiation. I just need you to take your boots and pants off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh you do remember what your up the butt bike was right okay good Just all right wow under two hours we're gonna do it oh yeah so again thank you to all of our listeners especially our patreon subscribers yes we couldn't do it without you and um let us know uh, if you have any other questions. We like answering them. Just remember, the key is the shorter the email is, the more likely it will be read. We appreciate everyone who sends in emails. And we've got a whole stack that have come in, and people share their stories. I want you to know that we do read them all personally. We just don't get to share the long ones all the time. So mm-hmm. thank you for the pictures you've sent in and the emails. We appreciate I saw the four that got read and the 700 that did not get read. So yeah. just so
6: you That know. is not true.
0: So yeah, the season's <laughs> upon us to try. Uh, our motorcycles, so have a safe one out there and try to enjoy it and have fun.
2: Yeah, and if you still have snow, sorry for you. <laughs> yep. I know South Dakota has been suffering. Yeah. 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 Mm, I know.
1: And check your tires
2: and check your tires. Exactly. So thanks again everyone for listening. I think we're ready to get out of here. Go to yes. motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You find the links to everything there and if you're interested in getting one of the knock designed limited edition motorcycles, motorcycles and, and misfits, misfits t-shirts, t-shirts I still have <laughs> Large, extra large, and double XL. I just got to send a PayPal of $28 to recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com. Include your address and the size you want, and I will send it out. Yeah. Um, I think we're ready to wrap. Terry, try and avoid the nut jobs. This is Electric Terry. Go Electric. This is Eliza. Mm-hmm. Bagel. This is Doc. This is Gabe. Henry. Jesse. And we are out of here. Cool, cool.